part of the government passed the reports to the police for assessment. Now, people moved out of their homes in Hemel Hempstead because of a sinkhole. Well, they'll now have to stay away for a considerable time. That's the warning from Conservative MP Mike Penning, who's been to look at the sinkhole which opened in Oakridge Gardens at the weekend. He says people have no choice but to stay away. We've got the gas turned off to the whole of this part of the estate because the gas pipeline actually goes through the middle of the hole. So the people out there have no heating. Um, uh, so it's, it's been really very difficult. And sadly, they will be, they'll be out of their homes for quite some considerable time, we think. Well, Hightown Housing Association have told us that the estate say that 12 of the homes can't actually be lived in. Turning to the news and a body's been found in a river in Leighton Buzzard. Bedfordshire police won't be drawn on speculation. It might be that of Neil Devlin, the local man who went missing on New Year's Day. Jane Killick has more. Police and firefighters were called to the river out the back of Taylor's Ride late yesterday to reports of a body in the water. Officers would give no further details, but say investigations are ongoing. It's almost seven weeks since Neil Devlin went missing after leaving a friend's house. There's been no word of the 36-year-old Morrison's worker since then. Insurance companies have been called for talks at Downing Street to discuss the response to the flooding. The Association of British Insurers says it's already paid out £14 million in emergency funding. And the Court of Appeals due to rule on whether judges are obliged to follow a judgment of the European Court of Human Rights on the sentencing of murderers. Last year, the court ruled that the human rights of prisoners serving whole life sentences had been breached, all because they didn't have the possibility of release. Sport now and Hull City's equaliser five minutes from time gave them a one-all draw at Brighton and Hove Albion in their FA Cup fifth round clash. Weather and it's starting mild, rainy in places though, turning drier later on, temperatures 11 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Chetham Partook. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I promised members of the team I would make them laugh immediately after the news, and boy, oh boy, I did. Lots coming up on the show today, including an exclusive here on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government report into Barnfield College has found the organisation claimed nearly a million pounds for students. It had no record of teaching. Well, Paul Scoynes has been following this story very, very closely, and we have the latest on that. Because lots of you have been getting in touch with me over your concerns about confidential patient data being collected from your GPs and shared on a national database. Is it something we should be concerned about? Are you going to opt out? And today, dear listener, I'm bringing the balaclava back. Every child in the early 1970s wore one, and then the blooming IRA kind of got them outlawed. Not legally or technically, but... Have you got a balaclava? When did you last wear one? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, A1333. Start your text 3CR. But the best way to get in touch, of course, is on the telephone 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We've been, it, it feels like we've been teasing this and hinting at this and talking about this, well, we have for months and months and months, but finally, um, some progress has been made and we can reveal some of the details. A government report into Barnfield College will show how the organisation wrongly claimed nearly a million pounds for students 
Yet it had no record of teaching. The report, seen by BBC Three Counties Radio, also shows significant failures in the management structure which led to improper use of college funds. It's not been published, but we have seen the report here, and uh, political reporter Paul Scoynes is waving a copy at me now. We've been expecting this report for months, Paul. Give us a little bit of the background and remind us what's happened. OK, this is, uh, Ian, the Skills Funding Agency report into the Luton-based College and Federation that runs over half a dozen academies and free schools in Bedfordshire. But this is the report into the college. The investigation began in October last year following allegations of financial mismanagement and the massaging of grades. Now, since the report began... A number of schools which are waiting to convert into Barnfield Academies were placed on hold. Two now have uh, withdrawn from that process. Uh, there is a new interim chief executive of the Barnfield Federation and uh, the former director general, Sir Peter Burkett, he left last year. He also stepped down from his new job at an international education company because of, uh, quote, to not cause a distraction uh, from this report as well. So it's a bit of the background. And we know quite a bit more, don't we, about the actual allegations? Yes. So this school's funding agency was part of the Department for Business. Uh, They began this investigation. There's another in the wings from the uh, Department of Education as well. Uh, And the allegations really uh, came from a whistleblower, and that's why this report was uh, was begun. These allegations included Sir Peter receiving a lump sum bonus on resigning from the college. Uh, The the allegations were that the spending was alleged to be profligate and also a a real problem with the structure and a lack of oversight from the governors, which had led to financial losses. And this funding for students, allegations about the funding for students, what do we know about that? What does that mean exactly? Well, this, Ian, came from a a report commissioned. It was commissioned by the auditors KPMG, and the number of hours of learning claimed for didn't match the attendance registers, meaning that they effectively received more money than they should have done. The college was unable to substantiate enrolment, delivery and assessment of some learners. So the funding claims for 16 to 18 year olds that's been reduced by over £464,000 and funding for the adult skills budget has been reduced by £477,000 Sorry to interrupt, so is, are you saying that they were that the claims were made for just under a million pounds mm. for students they didn't have? Well at least they, they couldn't prove they had Okay. Right. So the, the attendance registers were, were criticised, so really you know, that's something fairly basic you mm. would expect, that uh, people would be able to at least account for the people they were teaching but according to the report they didn't have that Sir Peter Burkett, uh, we've mentioned already, uh, there's quite a bit in the report about how Sir Peter was paid off when he left. Yes, he left in August, uh, well, it's a sort of summer last year, and according to the report, he left on good terms and only asked for a few days' holiday. He was, in fact, though, Ian, given a lump sum, another lump sum, an additional month's holiday, and a car as well. Now, there was a misunderstanding over which car would be transferred to Sir Peter. They thought he had a three-year-old Jaguar, but in fact his car was newer and it was a more expensive Audi. Now, the report says that was effectively a blunder on the part of the board, which ultimately uh, resulted in a misuse of college funds. Now, the board didn't have oversight of pay either, only of that of Sir Peter. He had control over the rest of the pay decisions, and the report claimed substantial pay rises were granted to certain executives without proper oversight. And there was also a culture of a lack of challenge to Sir Peter on management matters. Now, uh, yesterday you showed me uh, kind of a a diagram illustrating the management structure Mm. 
It's very, very complicated, isn't it? It's, it's not as straightforward as yes, you would expect. It, it's really complicated. Uh, there are a number of companies. I counted ten, at least ten limited companies bearing the Barnfield name and two governing boards. Now, the report shows that the governors were effectively kept in the dark. They didn't really have proper oversight of the situation or training on how to do their job properly. Um, the report also suggests there's been a significant a number of financial write-downs, effectively losses incurred by uh, what really results are from poor decision-making. Now, around £800,000 has been put aside as a result of confusion over the, the development of, of some of the college grounds in, in Bedford Road in Luton. Uh, £450,000 is the cost of the closure of the Harpenden Hair Academy. And overall, the college went from having a surplus of around a million pounds in 2010 to a deficit, uh, a, a, a loss, if you like, of £712,000 in April uh, 2012, according to the report. Now, that does take into account some restructuring costs uh, but last year when, you, when we heard from Sir Peter in October he said that when he moved on it was reported to him that the interim results were the highest ever, there was a healthy financial reserve and that the reshaping of the college would place the organisation in a solid position moving forward. The reserves were healthy, let's not uh, you know, back away from that, 21.5 million in 2012 but the report does clearly say that a lack of oversight and involvement from the governors contributed to that deficit. We have the report. It's not been officially published yet. Do we know when that's going to be? We're no closer, really, to knowing that. Uh, we, we believe that the, uh, the Further Education Commissioner has been in. He's finished his report to government. He'll be able to make um, the recommendations as to what's going to happen next. I understand he's sort of minded to allow the Federation to remain in place, but with a revised structure. Um, we broke the story last week at Three Counties that uh, uh, there's a new interim chief executive, Dame Jackie Fisher. She comes from a background of academies in the northeast, so they will say at Barnfield that they're already taking steps to improve their management structure. Um, there have been changes as well to the governing body. The official response from Barnfield is that we will comment in full when the report is published. Uh, Sir Peter Burkett has also said he would like to comment once the report is officially out. Uh, the Department for Business, Innovation and Skills, that's the government that uh, uh, that released this report, uh, well, when it will release this report, they, they say they won't comment on any leaked report and neither will the Skills Funding Agency. And there's police involvement now. What's that about? Yeah, we spoke to the City of London Police, which is the force which leads on fraud investigations. They told me they had passed a crime number to Hertfordshire Police last week and Hertfordshire Police confirmed it is looking into whether or not a crime has been committed though it stresses, and I should really stress this, the investigation is at a very early stage. Paul, thank you very much. It is a BBC Three Counties exclusive at the moment. Thank you for that. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number.
Imagine if this world ran out of lovers. Oh, my gosh. A world running out of lovers? What would we do? We'll have more on uh, Barfield later on. Lots more to talk about. This uh, data thing. Your medical health records are going to be absorbed unless you opt out. They'll be available for people to see. They'll be encrypted, but it's not completely unencryptable. I think that's a word. 08459 455 555. And today we bring the balaclava back. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hatfield, Shepherd's Way is closed between the Great North Road and Well Road because of flooding. And there are emergency repairs on the A1 northbound between the B1041 and the B661. Going between Bourne End and Cookham, the Cookham Bridge is closed. And on the cameras this morning, quite a lot of surface water out there. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice? Yes? You're um, a, a young lady. Don't worry, I know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you have your eye on fashion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm being generous. Uh, would you <laughs> would you ever consider wearing a balaclava? Um, depends how cold it was. Oh, so th- if if it was cold enough, you might consider it. Perhaps. Okay, uh, Alice. Thank you very much indeed. We'll talk more about the balaclava later on. She didn't sound convinced at all, did she? Right, six sixteen. It's uh, Tuesday, the eighteenth of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton's Barnfield College has had funding reduced by almost a million pounds because it claimed for more students than it had evidence for. Insurance companies have been called for talks at Downing Street to discuss the response to recent flooding. And in sport, Great Britain's curlers are looking to make it into the semi-finals at the Winter Olympics. I actually heard that scream in here. Kelly Betts is very excited that uh, we're doing so well at the curling. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. Well, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days. There are some absolute rogues out there in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in to you. Let's get some detail and we'll get this sorted out. The JVS BBS show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Would you be worried if your medical data was uh, encrypted but released so that various organisations and agencies could look at it and then maybe they could work backwards and find out who you are? Well, it's happening.
Uh, <laughs> now, we often do stories that uh, have come from you, dear listener. You send us an email or you give us a call and um, we investigate it and have a look into it. And quite a few of you uh, uh, have got in touch with this about this care.data. Do you know what it means? Anyone knows what it means? No, you don't. Well, you should do. Because it's very, very important. Lots of you have called the show concerned about the NHS England sharing your confidential patient data on a national database, care.data. You probably didn't see the NHS information leaflet, which should have come through your letterbox last month. May have been hidden amongst all the pizza delivery and the taxi cabs and the curry leaflets that we get. Well, Sarah Agintas in Milton Keynes was one of those concerned enough to call the show. Morning, Sarah. Morning. So, Sarah, did you actually get one of these leaflets? Um, I did, but it was actually put in a pizza leaflet and oh. it was put through the door and obviously it went in the bin. Oh. So it, it was uh, wrapped in a pizza leaflet, it, it went in the bin, and so you didn't actually get to see it? No, it was actually a, f- a friend of mine that, that gave me her copy. And what, because I've not seen th- this leaflet, if, if I've had one, I've missed it uh, at some point, what exactly does it say? Um, it's just all about NHS data, it's, uh, it's supposed to be better information for patients and stuff. And the, the argument is that this data will be used by uh, medical companies, uh, pharmaceutical companies, uh, health organisations to, to track diseases and, and the way people respond to treatments, which kind of, on the face of it, sounds like a good thing. Um, yes, but if you've got a condition like arthritis or something like that, you're going to get all the pharmaceutical companies um, contacting you offering you this pill and that pill and this trial and whatever trial to go on. And not everybody's going to want to do that. The, the, the data is supposed to be anonymised, so they won't be able to um, trace it back to you. Does that make you feel more confident? No, not really, because in this day and age, and people hack computers and stuff, every, anybody will be able to find, out, find it out. So w- 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 you're able to opt out. It's an opt-out system. It's assumed that we want to be part of it unless we opt out. Have you opted out yet, Sarah? I haven't. I do have the form because obviously I'm a mum of six children, three of which obviously can't make their own decisions for themselves. Um, I haven't filled it in yet, no. I'm waiting to find out what's going to go on a bit more about it. Uh, the re- just the reason being, if you <laughs> I've heard rumours that if you opt out and then later on want to go on holiday and want to get med- medical insurance... You're not going to be able to get that. Oh, where have you, where have you heard that? It's just a rumour circulating, um, oh. and I'm a bit concerned about that, because if I want to go away in future with my children, am I going to be able to get the medical insurance if I've opted out? We have some experts coming on after seven, Sarah, so I should put that point to them. I suspect yeah. that's complete guff. I, yeah. I would suspect. I, I, I imagine that if you opt out, I'm sure you'll be able to get uh, uh, travel insurance. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. There are some health professionals, uh, Sarah, saying that if you don't share your data, you're selfish. Are you being selfish? No, I don't think I am. Like I said, mum of six, three kids that can't make their own decisions. You know, I've got to make it for them, and I've got to make the right decision. Do you think it's they've handled this well, Sarah, the way they've, they've uh, given out information about this? Um, well, no, I don't. Certainly not in Milton Keynes, anyway, where I am. Um, because, like I say, it was, the leaflet was actually put in a pizza delivery leaflet and delivered. So it wasn't put through a door so that everybody could see. Sarah, I appreciate your time this morning. That's Sarah Gintas from Milton Keynes. Well, what, what do you know about this care.data? It, it's going to affect all of us, and it's presumed uh, that we're, we've opted in. We've all opted in. You have to opt out. Hands up who knows how to opt out. Anyone? Anyone? 
No, I don't know. What do you have to do? Do you go online and do it? Do you go to your local doctor's surgery? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call uh, about this. Are you concerned that your medical data uh, could be used and harvested by various medical companies, pharmaceutical companies, um, to work out how medicines work and how effective treatments are? And they could work out who you are. Does that bother you? Your medical records, are they completely sacred? 08459 455 
morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Look, I've just been sent... Uh, who sent me this? I've been sent an email. We're talking about care.data. And does it concern you that your medical data... Um, well, unless you say otherwise will uh, be anonymised and then it'll be used by various medical companies. The anonymisation, if indeed that is a word, isn't necessarily that strong and people might be able to crack it. Well, John has just emailed me an opt-out letter. Um, He just says, just give this letter to your GP. And it's basically a long letter saying, uh, I don't want my data shared with anybody. I'm opting out. Thanks very much. 08459 555555, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with the non-balaclava wearing Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I can't believe you managed to guess my nickname. Starting in Chorleywood, Green Street is closed between Greenbury Close and Orchard Drive because of flooding. On the speed sensors, the North Orbital is queuing northbound at the Park Street roundabout at the moment. And there are some roadworks to watch out for in Kingswood. On the A41, they're building a new roundabout around Grendon Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, I'm Serena Farrow with the headlines. Luton's Barnfield College has had funding reduced by nearly a million pounds because it claimed for more students than it had evidence for. Elsewhere, people who moved out of their homes in Hemel Hempstead because of a sinkhole will now have to stay away for a considerable amount of time. Hightown Housing Association, which owns 48 homes on the estate, say 12 of them can't even be lived in. A body's been found in a river in Leighton Buzzard. Bedfordshire police won't be drawn on speculation it might be that of Neil Devlin. He's the local man who went missing on New Year's Day. And the National Crime Agency says the number of British-born children trafficked for sexual exploitation actually rose by 155% last year. That's the news. Now let's move to all this morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Kicking off with Watford, then their way to Yeovil in the Championship this evening. Hornets goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain believes his side's on a positive run of form. He says they shouldn't be ruled out for the playoffs. We've given ourselves, you know, a, a fighting chance now. As, as again, we've always said, the next game is the, is important, and we go to Yeovil on Tuesday. Um, follow that by Bolton away. So, you know, every game is very, very difficult, and you have to try and um, add to your points total all the time, and that's what we're trying to do. Milton Keynes-Dons, meanwhile, are at home to Preston in League One, staying with League One and Stevenage away to Leighton Orient. Let's turn to Winter Olympics and Great Britain's curlers are looking to make it into the semi-finals. They're currently taking on Norway in a playoff match with the winners progressing through to the last four. A short while ago, they were one all during the third end. And finally, Hull City earned themselves an FA Cup fifth round replay. That's after they scored a late equaliser against Brighton. Steve Bruce's side managed a one-all draw. He hopes his side can manage a win though next time. It's the FA Cup and I've been fortunate enough to go and lift it once upon a time and it stays with you. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience to get to a semi-final final is a great day in anybody's book when you're a footballer or you're involved with a football club so let's make it a fist of it and have a go. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning now. 
455 Now, um, Catherine Boyle, the producer who normally joins me for the newspaper review, has bunked off. Sick note, we call her. She sent me a, a, a text yesterday. I've been sick. Oh, dear. Oh, bile. All right. Okay. All right, Catherine. See you in a few days. Go and enjoy. Sorry? What did you say? Bile. What's that mean? Bile? Yep. You know what bile is? No, old man, I don't. <laughs> what does it mean? Sophie, you know what bile it's is. It's not an old man word, Kelly. It's stuff in your tummy. It's when... I'm really sorry, dear listener. I'm going to go... Mary, I'm sorry about this. I'm going to have to go there for a second. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Hi, Mary. It's when you've been... I'm really sorry, Mary. This is embarrassing I'm doing this in front of you, but I need to define bile. Define bile. It's when you've been so sick... Yeah. You've sicked up all of your breakfast, all of your lunch and all of your dinner. You have nothing left. Yeah. But you're still... Oh, and sometimes you can taste the stomach acid. Oh, oh that's it. That's what it is. It's yes. green. It's green, isn't okay, it? Okay, all right, guys. Green. Listen, we've, we've, we've... Mary, we watched the most disgusting videos this oh, morning. Can I share them with you? Uh, not really. <laughs> I've got awful cold. No, well, uh, it, well, it's funny you should mention that. Can I have a sick note as well? Yes, you can, sick note. You certainly Thank can. You. We saw a video. Paul Scoynes, political reporter, sent me a video of someone having the biggest piece of wax removed from their ear... Oh, no. Uh, no. And then someone sent me a video of um, uh, someone having their boil, uh, the hugest boil in the world, being squeezed. It Ooh, was painful. It was like a pus volcano. It was thoroughly unpleasant. So we're all feeling a little bit naughty and a bit dirty this morning. But it, anyway, I'm sorry to have got you... Have you breakfast? I know. I'm so sorry. What You've not called in about any of this nonsense, Mary. What did you want <laughs> to talk about? Um, I just caught the beginning of about the uh, NHS... Computer uh, the, records. Yes, the uh, care.data, your, your records are going to be shared with uh, various medical companies and things. How do you mm. feel about that? Well, for a start, I haven't had any paperwork from anyone about it, wrapped in a pizza leaflet or otherwise. Oh, OK. And I thought we were supposed to have them a month, this last month? I think so. I don't remember seeing one in my house. Now, there is a chance it may have been wrapped in a pizza leaflet, or there is a chance that my wife has taken it, and I need to ask her about it. But I've certainly not seen one in my house. Do you worry about your data being shared? I think most people do. Um, I, well, I should obviously read the leaflet, but I think I will perhaps opt out. Why, why do you think you'll opt out? Well, last time the NHS tried all the med- uh, to do a big computer system it went horrendously wrong yes, I, I haven't got any more faith in the in it this time and my medical records according to the NHS are mine yes they're my they're my private property to be shared with the NHS it doesn't give the NHS carte blanche to sell them to who the hell they like Oh, sorry about the language. Well, I think we can get away with hell in 2014. Just don't go any it's further. Okay. Than... Mary's... My cold. Mary, stay there, because, Richard, you think that this care.data, sharing your medical data, is a good idea. Well, I'm, I'm a little undecided. I'm actually seeing my GP on Thursday for um, a drug checkup. But oh, yeah. I'm taking a statin, and originally it was Simvastatin, and I read articles in the Daily Mail, and I know people knock the Daily Mail, saying that... Um, I'm fingering it now. Say again? I'm, I'm holding the Daily Mail and flipping through it right now. Well, good for you, because Tuesday has a very good medical section in it. Well, yes. That's why I get it. Um, yes. And uh, I saw articles about, on Simvastatin, if you take 80 milligrams, 
you can get muscle wastage, which right. goes and never comes back. Uh, you're, so you're sharing your medical details with the whole of Beds, Hearts and Bucks right Hang now. Hang on a minute, you don't let me care. just finish. The, I then checked online about Simvastatin. Oh, I read articles about... Where is this going? How bad this can be. Are you having a rehearsal for when you meet your doctor? Sorry? Are you having a rehearsal conversation for when you meet your doctor? No, I'm not. I'm just trying to pass some really sensible information okay. to you uh, and me, To me and Mary. Mary, this is it sensible, isn't it? And I went... Listen, listen, I'm interrupting. And I went <laughs> to um, the doctor and I said, uh, look, I've read this article in the press and I've gone online about the sympathetic about uh, can I change to another one? And I didn't, she didn't bat an eyelid and immediately changed me to Atavastin. Now, the reason I know that they give you sympathetic is because it's... What has this got to do with anything? Well, I'll get there if you stop interrupting him. Mary, <laughs> stop interrupting him, will you? <laughs> of course. Thank you, Mary. How rude of Mary. Yes, Richard, please get Hello. to the... Oh, Are you there? Yeah, unfortunately, yes, but right, not for much listen, longer. What's got to do with... If they share all that information and it turns out oh. in due course that all these people are on the drug X are suffering this, that, or the other problem... Do some drug X right now. They, look, stop taking it. And if it's a byproduct, they market drug... drug something else to it. Drug Y? And leave it in the mail. So what? Yes. Mary, did you understand the point of that call? Yes, I understood his point, but I don't... Not having had the leaflet, what information is going to be shared? There are some things that people do not want known about their medical conditions, things that they may not have told work, that, you know, um, different medical conditions, people do not everything, know. Everything, they'll yeah, know everything. Workplace, is it? Sorry, Richard? I don't think it's going to be shared with your workplace. Mary you never you know who gets hold of information. Sorry? What? Who is it going to go to? Companies, I believe. Well, no. Um, no, I, I will read the... But on at the moment, unless anything drastically changes my mind, if you, if you wanted... Uh, information about tablets it's out there it's also um, drug companies do trials they could yes. ad- they advertise for people with certain health do you conditions remember, Mary do you remember the elephant men they were some gentlemen it was, it was a horrible tabloid title they were some men who I think trialled a, a cancer drug and they swelled up to the, to the size of elephants. Oh, um, vaguely, It was about yes. seven or eight years ago. Do you remember that, Richard? Yeah, drugs is a different issue. When well, I was in hospital, I mm. recent occasions in the last three years, they said, this is a new drug, would you like to trial it? Yeah. And I couldn't get out of bed and run away fast enough. Oh, oh, I will not trial your new drug. Richard, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Mary, thank you very much. To be honest, after that phone call, I would trial any drugs that were proffered uh, in my direction. Uh, excellent points, both of you. Oh, wait, apart from the bit about the mail having a really good medical section... <laughs> Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Care dot data. Your medical records being shared with various medical companies. In fact, anybody who wanted to could. Anybody who wanted to buy them could could go and have a little look at them. What do you reckon? Good idea. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I don't like it when Paul Scoynes is in the building when we're doing a show. He just sends me sarky messages. Um, the correct term uh, is to lance a boil. Um, I'll go and play Grand Theft Auto, you hoodie. 
Mrs. Three Counties Radio. Just me. Just me. Catherine Boyle's bunked off. Oh, I'm being sick. Dear me. Jade will be up shortly. Just having a little look through the newspapers. Uh, sad story. Well, a sad story with an odd twist here. Karen Lloyd, 51, uh, passed away. And uh, she uh, has uh, been buried, or has, has been cremated, as, as is often the case when people die. But her coffin is really odd. It's a bright red coffin with the Costa Coffee logo down the sides. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Have you seen, I don't think it's an official Costa-endorsed coffin. A latte... Is it latte or latte? I say latte. You say latte. A latte-latte-loving mum who lost her battle against cancer, very sad, is carried into church in a Costa Coffee coffin. Is is that to have in or are you taking away? Karen Lloyd, 51, used to visit a Costa shop most days. So when she died from breast cancer, Hubby Allen, 45, and her family commissioned the special burgundy casket. The coffin had Karen's favourite drink, one shot, extra hot skinny latte, written down the side. Well, a very, very sad story, of course. It would be terrible to lose uh, someone that young. A a Costa coffin, though? It's an unusual choice of things. If it had been a Starbucks, they'd have to write her name on the side, wouldn't they? Do you have a do you have a Starbucks name, Sophie? I do. It's it's isn't it Sophie? Do you use you use your real name? Do you? I never use my real name when I go. What, what's your Starbucks name? Well, I want a, I want a Starbucks name. If now. I'm getting Starbucks for somebody else, yeah. I Justin Dealey. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I get them to I, I spell out something. Yeah. That is offensive, you, but you, they don't realise it until they've written it. They, you do come back with rude uh, coffees. <laughs> I, want, I want a rude coffee name. Well, you could have. A, I'll give you one. All right. What about rude coffee name? I use the name. Moving swiftly on, I use the name. I'm Steve in, in uh, Starbucks. Oh, that's funny. Well, no, it's not meant to be funny. I just for some reason it, it's back to this care dot data. I don't like my private data being shared, and my has name is ever, private data. Has it ever backfired when they're like Steve, Steve? Steve your, coffee, Steve, your coffee's ready, and you're looking out the window, yeah. thinking of... Yeah, does that happen? That's never backfired, because I'm, I'm like a ninja. My, I am Steve. Tra- I'm Ninja Steve. I'm trained, and I'm primed, Steve. and ready to go. Is it not working? No, because I'm not in this coffee house anymore. Oh, I'm, I'm at work. I'm, I'm Ian Lee at the moment. Mm. Doing a good job of it as well. You really are. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Hey, can we get Dealey on the line? Can we get some Dealey action before uh, 7 o'clock? Yeah. He's next. Is he next? He's next. Do we know what he's talking about? Yes. What? Anton Deck. Oh, 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 dearie me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, things looking slow now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also on the speed sensors, the M1 London bound struggling between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. In Brickyward, the North Orbital looking heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.45. It's Tuesday the 18th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A government report into Luton's Barnfield College will show how the organisation wrongly claimed nearly a million pounds for students which it has no record of teaching. People who moved out of their homes in Hemel Hempstead because of a sinkhole will now have to stay away for longer as there's no electricity or gas in some of the properties in the area. And in sport. I'm looking forward to hearing the weather very shortly as well. In sport... 
Hull City earned themselves... I'm just queuing up the, the team to get weather ready. Hull City earned themselves an FA Cup uh, replay after they scored a late equaliser against Brighton last night. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello. It's Rizzini. Hello. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi. Now, Hi. Um, listen, you've seen the picture of me in my balaclava. I have, yeah. Very but handsome. Very handsome. Would you, do, would you ever wear a balaclava? No. Oh, why? I don't need to. What do you mean you don't need to? Have you got a warm face? Warm face. <laughs> Is your face quite warm naturally? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm jealous of that. Are you, what, what? Are you now? But it's not cold, Ian. It's not cold. Oh, it's, it's mild. Oh, it's flipping freezing, love. It's not freezing. It's seven degrees. Go on, t- t- tell us what's happening, please. <laughs> well, it's a mild start to the day. We've got seven, eight degrees, actually, um, in some places across the three counties. So it is a mild start to the day. It's quite misty. It's quite murky, particularly over the hills. We've got some hill fog around. There will be a few outbreaks of drizzle and perhaps some patchy outbreaks of light rain as well this morning. But many places staying dry, just quite cloudy. Watch out for some showers this afternoon because some of those showers could turn out to be quite sharp there could be some hail and even some thunder in them as well but they'll push through reasonably quickly a bit hit and miss these showers so not everywhere seeing them and certainly there will be some good spells of brightness around as well certainly by the end of the day probably probably some good spells of sunshine as well in the sunshine it's going to feel really mild again uh, top temperatures up to 10 or even 11 degrees 52 in fahrenheit not bad at all overnight tonight the showers are going to fade away uh, mostly dry for the first half of the night some outbreaks just drizzle really just pushing in from the west into tomorrow morning so once more bit of a murky start but stick with it tomorrow should be a mostly dry day and it will cheer up considerably into the afternoon with again some good spells of brightness around and still feeling mild Uh, temperatures up to 10 or 11 degrees in that's the forecast are we done yes shall i hit the button please world war one at home on the BBC. The number of men who died probably reckoned to be about 135. Revealing untold stories. If we can show at Wadston, if we can be seen to be trying to do something for the war effort, then everybody else should be able to do that. Discovering local memories. I tracked a dead man down a trench. I knew not he was dead. World War One at home. Walking between lessons, today's students at Haleybury College pass by a memorial to the former pupils who fought and died in the First World War. Revealing local stories. And he discovers that it's just gone at 11 o'clock on the 11th of November and in fact the First World War is over. World War One at home. Here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Chris is in Barton. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Chris, do you know what? Today I'm all right. I'm wearing a very dirty jumper and I was wearing a smart suit jacket to hide the dirt, okay? And then really? so yeah, and then someone pointed out that I've got my left shoulder of the suit jacket is covered in blood. Really? Yeah. How the heck do you get that? Well, my little boy bashed his um, teeth the other day and he bled and I was comforting him. And all oh, the, is this him. does this make me a bad father, right, Chris? He's bleeding no. from his mouth, and he's crying, yeah. and he's got his head on my shoulder, and I'm comforting him. He's my boy. I'll protect him do anything for him. But as he's doing it, I'm thinking, he's going to get blood on my suit. Oh, if, is there some way I can just subtly take my jacket off without him getting blood on me? Is that maybe a bad dad? Uh, not necessarily, but I can't believe that you actually thought that at that time. I did think it. I was, as I, was, I was as comforting and telling him he was a very brave boy. I was thinking, oh, I want to get blood on my suit. Oh, nuts. 
Well, there's only one thing out of this one, then. Go on. You're not going to get any presents at Christmas, are you? Because you've been a bad dad. Oh, dear. Well, I've got, I've got time to make it. A bad dad? Wow. Anyway, Chris, what have you called in for? Well, um, the, the only reason I just called in, I mean, I've been li- I listen to you every morning, and you've got, you have, you know, you've, you've done the old icon, put, uh, put, uh, McCartney, all this um, last week. McCartney's 80s, McCart- 80s week last week. It was, fa- it was fab. And, um,. <sighs> I was thinking, you know, as I drive along thinking, um, to work and everything. Yeah. And I thought myself, well, could we possibly not do this as a regular item and, oh. and bring in some of the other icons, icons like Queen and Cher and um, perhaps the sounds of the 60s and that sort of thing. Oh. The searches, tremolos and all of that. Oh. All of those guys. Uh, what, um, no, it's just a suggestion. So, so how would you frame it? What, what, what? We do, we do tremolos week? Uh, well, no, no. Share week? We do a share week and do, and then do, uh, uh, you know, a Freddie Mercury week and that sort of thing. Well, let me just speak to my uh, musical advisor, Chris. Hang on one second. Justin. Morning, boss. What do you reckon to Chris's idea? We do a share week and a Freddie Mercury week. Absolutely fantastic. I love this, man. Well done to you, Chris. Loving your work. <laughs> if we did How a Freddie... Justin? Are you okay? Oh, very well, thank you. Very well. Very good. <laughs> right. Sorry, boss. Yes, uh, all right. Is he a mate of yours or something? Uh, I don't know. I think so. He must just like my voice. Do you listen to Justin's show on a Saturday, Chris? Um, occasionally I do. It depends where I am. Yeah. I travel up around, travel up around the fence a lot. That's, a, a, that's a very, very polite way of saying yeah. you can't be bothered to listen to that rubbish, Chris. It's going well, that was. Yeah. Chris, thank you very much indeed. If we did a Freddie Mercury week, uh, Justin, sure. I'd want Barcelona. <laughs> it was the first time that we met Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> that was very high. One of their best songs, I'm Going Slightly Mad. You never hear that track on the radio. Do you know why? Brilliant. Do you know why? Because Queen in the late 80s were rubbish. Get out of here. And Queen in the early 80s were rubbish. Seriously? And Queen in the 70s, apart from Bicycle Race, were rubbish. What, Fat Bottom Girls? Seven, seven Seas of Rye yeah. and Bicycle Race, excellent songs. The rest of them, what a load of rubbish. What, Rhapsody? Terrible song. Come on. Awful, Come on. Awful record. Stinky. You disgust me. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, I speak. I tell you what, should I play you a, a Queen song now and you can just see how bad it is? Okay. Listen to this. I'm sitting in the railway station, got a ticket for my destination. Tour of one Every day is an endless stream of cigarettes and magazines And each town looks the same to me, the movies and the factories And every stranger's face I see reminds me that I long to be Keeping home, where my music's playing home, where my love lies waiting inside. 
tonight I'll sing my songs again I'll play the game and pretend mm-hmm. But all my words come back to me In shades of mediocrity Like emptiness and harmony I need someone to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was homeward bound Home with my thoughts escaping Home with my music's playing Home with my love lies waiting Silently for me Silently for me Homeward bound the only good song Queen did just. <laughs> Was that right? The rest of it, honestly, Bohemian Rhapsody, absolute. I, I always hate it when Bohemian Rhapsody uh, is voted the, the Britain's best song of all mm. time. And the Queen Greatest Hit sold six million copies. Who gives a stuff about well, them? Well, you know, at the end of the day, they're popular. You don't mess with Queen fans. You don't mess with them. Listen, I've been to Brian May's house. Have you? Yeah, I've been to Brian May's. Well, I say his house. I've been to his garage. Right. And uh, he had a big stack of Vox amps. Right. And I had to, in- had to interview him for something. He got his guitar out. He's playing his guitar. And I said to him, uh, what happens if you, you, you flick this switch on the guitar? He went, oh, that? That's the Bohemian Rhapsody sound. Oh. And he flicked it. And I was stood next to him, and he started playing the guitar solo for Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. That was one of the coolest things I've ever had. You've got some good stories from your cleaning days, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> now, Justin, what yeah. have you got for me? At uh, the front page of The Sun this morning, um, let's yes. get ready to fumble. Oh, God. Uh, Telly's Ant McPartlin has lost the tip of his right thumb by catching it in a vegetable slicer. Yep. Uh, this is uh, the front page of The Sun today. They're claiming this as an exclusive. So, wow. Ian, I've been out this morning. Two questions for people here. A, is this front page news? And B, kitchen injuries. Here's what happened. Think about it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, the front page story. Don't believe in it. Not really, no, definitely not. Not with the weather as it is at the minute. I think that would be more of a... I think the sun's renowned for the uh, front pages like that, though, isn't it? So. Morning, sir. That's the front page of the sun. Right. Is that front page news? No. No, it, it's um, celebrity, I think. That's all it is. What about kitchen injuries? What's the worst that's happened to you? Cuts and that. No, it's washing up. You break glass in when you're washing up and put your hand in and cut your hand. Now, Lee, first of all, uh, there is the front page. There is Ant from Ant and Deck. Is that really front page news about his thumb? Not really, because he's a celebrity, I suppose. That's why. But um, it probably happens every day to someone, I would have thought. I was going to say, because you work in a kitchen every single day. Uh, What's the worst injury that that you've had here? Um, The worst injury I've had is obviously dicing onions, but when my partner used to work on the, the van with me, she spilt a whole boiler all over her feet and she was off for six weeks. Wow, that's very, very painful. And going back to your injury, you mentioned about uh, slicing the onions. What, have you cut your hand before? I've cut my thumb, my fingers, yeah. But um, I just cut them with a knife now. I used to use, like, uh, an onion grater. But if you slip, you've had it. You slip, you've had it. (laughs) The worst thing has to be, though, the burn. The burn when you burn your wrist or your your thumb or you're taking something out of the oven and your your thumb kind of goes all plasticky. It's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. Then again, if it happened to you or me, it wouldn't be on the front page. Uh, It goes on on page five. It hurt me like hell. Uh, There was a lot of blood. It's a big story. Yes, exclusive. Everywhere you look here in the sun, uh, they're saying this is their exclusive story about somebody who's hurt their thumb. There you go. And then, the, you know, they have in, when they have a story, they have bits kind of highlighted. Yeah. The bit highlighted is, I still got the meal on table. 
<laughs> I still got me logged in, mate. Because he's a hard northerner, that's why. On a Saturday night, he decided to practice with it. So I got one potato and gave it a go. <laughs> it was a complete disaster. I ended up slicing the top of my thumb off. God, it was painful. <laughs> I don't know quite where that accent went towards the end there. Just, what are you doing for the rest of the morning? Uh, we're going to be talking about balaclava. Good so lad. You've come into work this morning with a balaclava. It looks yep. absolutely ridiculous. It looks <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> so this morning, I'm going to be asking people, when was the last time you wore a balaclava? I disagree with you. I believe that it was terrorism in the 70s hmm. that have given the balaclava a bad name. Every kid in 1976 was running around with a balaclava. Balaclava helmet. Hey, listen, I saw somebody wearing a balaclava about a year ago, walking their dog, and when I saw that person, quite simply, I walked the other way. It looked ridiculous. Justin, thank you very much indeed. If you want to see a picture of me in the balaclava, follow at Ian Lee, or go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise, slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also the M1 London bound, struggling between 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound is starting to look slow at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And in Amersham, London Road is heavy going at Stanley Hill. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Coming up, we'll have the latest on Barnfield and the Barnfield Federation. Uh, Lots of reports being carried out. They've not been released yet, but we have seen them. We have exclusive news on the allegations and what's being done about it. All that after Serena Farrow with the news. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, the headlines. Luton College claims money wrongly. Body found in Bedfordshire and records of a patient's health data is in the limelight. BBC Three Counties Radio. A government report into Luton's Barnfield College will show how the organisation wrongly claimed nearly a million pounds for students which it has no record of teaching. It's been seen by BBC Three Counties Radio and also shows financial mismanagement at the Federation and the College, which then led to £1.25 million lost to failed projects. Political reporter Paul Scoynes has the story. The report is damning in its criticism of the organisation's structure, including concerns governors were not fully aware of the financial position of Barnfield College. The college had just under a million pounds worth of funding reduced after not being able to demonstrate pupils had actually enrolled for courses it had claimed money for. And the former Director General of the Federation, Sir Peter Burkett, was given two payoffs, holiday allowances and a car when he resigned last year, despite only being entitled to holiday pay, which the report says is all he asked for. The report has not been published and remains on hold after the government passed the reports to the police for assessment. And we'll have more on this with political reporter there Paul Scoynes here on BBC Three Counties Radio straight after this bulletin. In other news, a body's been found in a river in Leighton Buzzard. Bedfordshire police won't be drawn on speculation. It might be that of Neil Devlin. He's a local man who went missing on New Year's Day. Jane Killick has the details. Police and firefighters were called to the river out the back of Taylor's Ride late yesterday to reports of a body in the water. Officers would give no further details, but say investigations are ongoing. It's almost seven weeks since Neil Devlin went missing after leaving a friend's house. There's been no word of the 36-year-old Morrison's worker since then. 
Now, people across the three counties are raising concerns over NHS plans to collect patient data and put it on a national database. They're worried they're not being properly informed of the project, which involves selling personal information. Sarah Agintas in Milton Keynes is one of those concerned. It's just all about NHS data. It's uh, supposed to be better information for patients and stuff. But if you've got uh, a condition like arthritis or something like that, you're going to get all the pharmaceutical companies um, contacting you, offering you this pill and that pill and this trial and whatever trial to go on. And not everybody's going to want to do that. Ministers have called leaders of the insurance industry to Downing Street to discuss the response to the recent floods. They've asked for details about what's being done to make sure victims of the floods get the help they need. Elsewhere, a new analysis of worldwide maths test results has found the children of Chinese labourers actually perform better than the sons and daughters of professionals in the UK. The education ministers warn that the UK will suffer economic decline if attitudes towards maths don't change. Sport then, Hull City's equaliser five minutes from time earned them a one-all draw at Brighton and Hove Albion. That was in their FA Cup fifth round clash. So it will be mild to start with and then a little bit sunny later on this afternoon. Temperatures 11 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Serena. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking good. Looking good, you guys. Isn't it interesting, despite Catherine Boyle, the producer, not being here, sick note as we call her, we're still doing a blooming good show, guys. Which makes me think, hmm, Boyle, do we I'll have this discussion with the management team off-air. Coming up in the next hour, an exclusive for BBC Three Counties Radio. A government report into Barnfield College has found the organisation claimed nearly a million pounds for students it had no record of teaching. We've seen the report and Paul Scoynes will be here with the full story only on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plus, lots of you have been in touch uh, with me over your concerns about confidential patient data being collected from your GPs and shared on a national database. Well, are you going to opt out? Does it concern you? But the big news story of the day is I'm bringing the balaclava back. Are you allowed to wear them in the streets anymore? I don't think you are. I don't think you are. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR or give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Now, a government report into Barnfield College will show how the organisation wrongly claimed nearly a million pounds for students that it had no record of teaching. The report, seen by BBC Three Counties Radio, also shows significant failures in the management structure, which led to improper use of college funds. The report hasn't been published, but our political reporter Paul Scoynes has a copy. Paul, we've been expecting this report for months. Mm. Remind us of what's happened. Well, Ian, this is the Skills Funding Agency report into the the Luton-based College and Federation... That runs over uh, half a dozen academies and free schools in Bedfordshire. And the investigation began in October last year following allegations of financial mismanagement and the massaging of grades. Now, since that report began, a number of schools which were waiting to convert into Barnfield academies were placed on hold. Two 
have now stopped that process. There is a new interim chief executive of the Federation and the former Director General, Sir Peter Burkett, who left the organisation last year, also stepped down from his new job at an education, uh, international education company as well, because uh, he didn't want this distraction, uh, this report to become an undue distraction. There's not been much clarity over the past few months of exactly what's been going on, but we do know more about the actual allegations now, don't we? Yes, so the, so the, the, the government began this investigation. There's, there's two of those reports. Uh, it acted because of allegations from a whistleblower, according to the introduction to the report. These included allegations that Sir Peter received a lump sum bonus on resigning from the college, uh, that spending was uh, profligate, and, uh, and there was a lack of oversight from governors, which led to financial losses. Uh, the report really covers the sort of structural and financial problems of the college and the federation. There's nothing in here about the academies or indeed the educational standards of any institution. We, we mentioned in the introduction that uh, the Barnfield College, uh, the report apparently says how they wrongly claim nearly a million pounds for students that weren't there, is that right? Well that's right there's a KPMG report that's a, a sort of well-respected financial auditor and they looked at the number of hours of learning claimed for and they found that they didn't match attendance registers, effectively meaning that they received more money than they should have done the college was unable to substantiate enrolment, delivery and assessment of some learners uh, and the funding claim for 16 to 18 year olds has subsequently been reduced by over £464,000 and the funding for the adult skills budget, of course this is a college which teaches not just 16 to 18 year olds but adults as well that's been reduced by 477 So that's not just one or two odd students that, that you know, maybe they miscalculated that, that, that's nearly a million pounds worth of, of, of students that, that they claimed for Well we don't know the numbers and we don't know the, the, the way that that's structured the, we, we are really basing uh, that statement on what's in the KPMG yep. report um, so that's, that's yes but, but that's what we work out, it's about 915,000 altogether uh, and, and what recommendations have been made? Uh, the, the, they improve their registers that's the, uh, right. the recommendation of that um, we should look at the, 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 the report about Sir Peter Burkett as well because I think that's, uh, that's, that's fairly significant as well, according to that report uh, Peter Burkett left on good terms and only wanted a few days holiday, in fact he was actually given a lump sum, another lump sum in additional uh, uh, months holiday as well and his car now there was a misunderstanding over which car would be transferred to Sir Peter uh, uh, he thought that uh, well, they thought that he had a three-year-old Jaguar, but in fact his car was newer and more expensive. That was an Audi. Um, the report says basically that this was a blunder by the board, which ultimately was a misuse of college funds. Now, the board didn't have oversight of pay either, only that of uh, Sir Peter. He had control over the rest of the pay decisions, and the report claims that substantial pay rises were granted to certain executives uh, without proper oversight. And there was also, in a lack of challenge, a, a sort of a culture if you like, of lack of challenge to Sir Peter on these management matters. Now the report you've shown me a little diagram of the <laughs> management structure I couldn't get my head around it. It's very, very complicated, isn't it? Yes, it, it is really is a spider of companies, really. There, I counted around 10 companies bearing the Barnfield name, two governing boards. Uh, the report shows that the governors were effectively kind of uh, kept in the dark in some uh, instances. They didn't really have proper oversight of the situation or indeed training on how to do that job properly. Uh, it shows as well that there were significant financial write-downs or losses incurred by, uh, it says, was poor 
poor decision making. Now around £800,000 has been set aside as a result of confusion over the development of the college grounds at New Bedford Road. Um, £450,000 set aside uh, as, as to cover the cost of the closure of the Harpenden Hare Academy as well. Uh, now overall the college went from having a surplus of £1 million in 2010 to a deficit of over £700,000 in April uh, of 2012. Now that takes into account some restructuring costs but um, when Peter Burkett sent us a, uh, a statement in October last year he said that when he moved on um, it was reported to him that the interim results were the highest ever and there were healthy financial reserves and that indeed the college was in a solid position moving forward. Now the reserves were fairly healthy in, in 2012 anyway to, to 21.5 million however the report clearly shows that this sort of lack of oversight has contributed uh, to the deficit and uh, and that is indeed a significant part of the criticism we've been talking about this report for ages mm. we've got a copy but it's not been officially published yet do we have a date for that we're not really any closer to knowing um i understand that the further education commissioner has been in uh, he's a sort of a government inspector if you like he's finished his report to the minister's he, I believe, was minded to allow the Federation to remain in place with a revised management structure. Now, we know that the steps are already being taken to address that. Three counties broke the story last week that there was a new interim chief executive. She's called Dame Jackie Fisher. She comes from a background of academies in the northeast, has managed a, a, a significantly, you know, a, a reasonably large uh, chain of academies up there. Um, there have also been some changes as well to the governing body, I'm, I'm led to believe. Now, the official response from Barnfield at the moment is we will comment in full when the report is published. And Sir Peter Burkett has also said he'd like to comment once that report is published too. Uh, the Department for Business Innovation Schools, they're the government which oversees the skills funding agency, say they will not comment on any leaked report. Uh, and the police are now involved? Yes, that's right. We spoke to the City of London Police and they're the force that lead on, on fraud investigations. They told me that they'd passed a crime number to Hertfordshire Police and all Hearts Police has confirmed is that it's looking into whether or not a crime has been committed. It is. It stresses at a very early stage in its investigations. So it'd be wrong to even say that they are investigating a, a crime. They are just, at the moment, assessing to see whether anything has happened. Paul, thank you very much uh, indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 459 455 555 is the telephone number. You can go now. Okay. Your work here is done. Yeah. Would you ever consider wearing a balaclava? I used to, years ago. In the, when all, I was a kid. I all, think it's acceptable for children to wear them. All kids used to wear them. I don't think they wear them anymore. We haven't really had cold winters. So, sorry? Well, we haven't, really. Not to the same degree that we used to in the, the 80s and the oh, 70s. Oh, now you're going to be saying that wagon wheels have got smaller. Well, because they have. No, they As haven't. Have Monster Munch. No, Two they haven't. Months. Your hands have just grown to massive uh, <laughs> proportions. <laughs> last last winter was for f- f- freezing. Okay, admittedly, it's, it's cyclical, but... Um, I saw somebody with a balaclava on this morning. Yeah. It wasn't you. No. Outside the building. I got quite worried. Really? They had a sort of mask on the front as well, like a, almost like a motorcyclist. Oh. Mm. That, that is concerning. It wasn't even that cold either. Paul, thank you very much indeed. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you'd like to give us a call. I want to bring the balaclava back. I like the balaclava. The balaclava helmet, it used to be called. They used to have a little peak uh, when you were little, little boys. You used to have a little peak at the, the top of their, their forehead. I think that's what they call that. Uh, you don't get them anymore. Do any kids wear them? If you're a, a grandparent or, or a parent, do your children or your grandchildren wear them anymore? 
It's a shame. I miss them. 08459 455 555. What are you trying to type on my screen, Sophie? They're called snuds now. Snuds. No. Snuds. No. Snuds no, now. They are. They're snuds. A snud is a scarf and a hood. No. Yes. No. Here's it, doesn't the... go, it doesn't go around the face. It's a snud. A snud is not a balaclava. But where does the N come from on, From in snud? Should be should be a scud. That's a good point. Why should it be a scud? Well, if you if you've combined two words to make one scarf and hood, scud. Where's the where's the end? They throw the neck in. Oh, yes. Good, good call. Thanks. That's exactly what it is. And, uh, can we just say um, well done, Sophie, for stepping in at the Thank last you. minute because sick note. I mean, Catherine Boyle. Thank um, you very much. Yeah. She did that thing yesterday where she was fine at work. Then I got a text about midday saying, "Oh, I feel a bit sick. I'm being bringing up bile." Warning. And then I, and I t- texted back saying, "Oh, I'll see you in a couple of days." Sick note. And boy, oh boy, was that uh, prediction ever accurate. So thank you, Sophie, for no stepping problem. in. No problem. And I know you hate me, and I know that there's a, 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 a lot of animosity between the two of us. We're working through it. We're working th- we're, we're, we're getting on with it yep. for the good of the show, but at one minute past nine, there's going to be a cat fight in the uh, car park if anyone wants to come along and cheer us on. I hate you. I Can hate I you commentate too. on that? Um, like they do on boxing? And you're, you're my tag team partner. No, she oh. is not. She's mine. She's mine. Awkward. I'm using her as a weapon to hit you with. Wow, you could actually do that. You could pick her up and use her as a club. She is so wee. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. In a minute, we'll be talking about the care dot data. Your medical records uh, are going to be shared. They're going to be shared with uh, medical companies, pharmaceutical companies, research groups, whoever wants them. Yes, they'll be anonymous, but it could be worked backwards so they could work out who you are. How do you feel about that? Your medical data being shared. Have you received the leaflets telling you about it? And are you going to opt out? 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, things are very slow approaching Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. And the M25 anti-clockwise looking very slow now between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also are struggling between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And on the speed sensors, the A1M southbound looking slow at Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. It's 7.16. It's uh, Tuesday the 18th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton's Barnfield College has had funding reduced by almost a million pounds because it claimed for more students than it had evidence for. A body's been found in a river in Leighton Buzzard. And in sport, Watford are away to bottom of the table Yeovil in the Championship tonight. Give them a good kick in. Not literally. That would be bad sportsmanship. BBC Three Counties Radio. on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely. You've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I can never not see Nick Coffer dressed as Buzz Lightyear now. 
That's always, whenever Nick Coffer's name is mentioned, whenever I hear his delightful voice, it'll be him as Buzz Lightyear. Have you seen it? I saw him. It's, it's... It, it was good, wasn't it? It's incredible. <laughs> I it's... didn't know, actually, that he owned that. Wow. He, well, he certainly did own that look uh, that day. 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, people in beds, hearts and bucks have told this show they're concerned about their personal medical records being shared by the NHS in a new scheme called Care.Data. Now, you might have missed the information leaflet that came through your door warning you about this. I'd be keen to know if you did get one. 08459 455 555. Well, it's happening soon. From the end of March, the NHS will start collecting your data from GP surgeries and store it on a national database unless you opt out. How worried about this are you? Does it concern you? Well, to tell us more, I'm joined by Dr Una Duffy from the Bell House Medical Centre in Luton. Uh, Una, why exactly is this happening and and, and what, what are your thoughts on it? Um, It's happening because it was sneaked in under the Health and Social Care Act 2012. That gave the government the ability to set up this new body, which would collect information directly from medical records, from GP practices, something which hasn't been done before. Previously, that information would have been entirely confidential between a GP and a patient and would not have been released without signed consent of the patient. This puts that completely on its head and allows the records to be uploaded with all the information in them, sort of semi-anonymised, but with a a code which could then be linked back to find out exactly who the patient was. And what's the point of this? Well, they say that it is going to be used broadly to improve healthcare, that the data will be used by organisations within the NHS and without the NHS who plan services, who assess services for research purposes. It's all a bit nebulous who will need the information, who will use the information, but there seems to be an assumption of the government that all UK citizens would like to donate their confidential medical records to this project, and I don't really agree with that assumption. Why? uh, You're a doctor, obviously. Uh, As a patient, would you opt out? I've already done so. I've been in touch with my own practice in Watford, and I have opted out, and my husband has too. Why? Because I think that this is is not a good idea. I think that this information, it is entirely unclear how it's going to be used. This is going to be all referrals that you've ever had, all prescriptions you've ever had, any illnesses that you've had. And that's quite a a broad range of data. And I would rather that people could opt into that system of saying, okay, I want to donate all this information to research and that they would be able to do that with, with permission of the patient. I think that's how it should be done. And I do not think that this government has made it clear to people how they can opt out and the leaflets the leaflets are really simply saying the goodness of the whole scheme and they do not tell people what to do if they do not wish to actually proceed with it oh no thank you very much stay there for a second so i want to bring in uh, ian blunt from the nuffield trust good morning ian good morning ian you think this is a good idea don't you uh yeah the nuffield trust has been using um this sort of effectively anonymous patient level data for many years in uh, the research projects that we do that help the nhs uh, both plan for the future and improve the services it delivers well, but it, it, it's not anonymous though is it or it, it can be traced back can't it, it can be unanonymized well it's it's effectively anonymous what so does what, that mean what effectively is um they take off all that personal information that would identify you so your name or your address and they replace it with a meaningless pseudonym now that's something that can't really be back linked back to you but what it does allow is for researchers to link up the various different health events. 
So we can see when someone's had an emergency admission to hospital and maybe for the new data system how often they've visited their GP. And that can be really vital um, when we explore the way in which people use the health services. People are worried, aren't they, Ian, that this will be used by insurance companies and will affect people's insurance? Uh, I can't see that happening. Why? Um, But... If, if insurance companies know that there is a way to, to find out how often someone goes to hospital, how, if someone's got a, a cancer or AIDS or depression, uh, then they could effectively not insure them, couldn't they? Well, very simply, they won't be able to um, find out who those people are. Um, if they get the data at all, um, which I think would be quite challenging for them, because the information uh, will only be released to approved researchers who have to demonstrate the benefit to the NHS of the work they're doing. Um, if they were to receive that information, it would be completely anonymous. They wouldn't be able to work out um, who, in terms of names and addresses and their customers, were having these treatments. Una, it's completely anonymous. Does that put your mind at ease? I don't believe it's completely anonymous. I believe that the postcode and the NHS number are, are then translated into this new number, and I, I, I still think that this is information which is confidential between a patient and a doctor. I mean, it's also very important to realise um, what's actually being shared. It's not the full information that you might discuss with your GP. It's simply a list of codes that represent diagnoses and treatments that you've had. So it's a very different thing um, than the suggestion that someone's sharing your full medical record. Well, do you uh, suffer from anything, Ian? Uh, not to my knowledge. You've not got depression or anything? <laughs> Not, no. no, have you got any? When, what was the last time you, you went to the doctor for? What was the last reason? I honestly can't remember. I've, I've been very fortunate in that respect. Yeah. What, what about your family? What was the last time any members of your family went to the doctors for? I, I mean, one of the points we've got to remember here it's interesting you don't want to tell me, isn't it? Because that information, as we all know, is, is private and confidential. I don't want anyone to know the, la- the reason I went to the doctors the, the last time, or the reason my wife went to the doctors, or the reason my mother went to the doctors. Exactly. And this scheme is not proposing that um, any of that information is exposed. Simply what will be released is um, the fact that somebody of my age, I'm 36... Uh, went to a GP and had whatever diagnosis, whatever treatment. It will not be ident- able to identify... But the thing is, identity. we see all of these... these um, uh, th- th- there are constantly, Ian, and I think it's a little bit naive to think that it can't be backtracked. We're constantly hearing from various organisations that they've been hacked and personal data. It happened uh, to Tesco's last week. A fella, a, uh, a fella with Asperger's from North London hacked into the Pentagon, for goodness sakes. These, these hackers are very, very clever. If they want to get people's data and uh, then backtrack it to find out who they are, they'll be able to do it, won't they? Exactly. And what they've been able to succeed is hacking information that ad- exists in identifiable form. The whole principle of this programme is that the information that is there is kept in this effectively anonymised form. But, but they'll so be able they to work it, backwards, they, won't they? It won't they? do them any good. They'll be able to work backwards and un-anonymise it. It's, it's not the most securest of systems. There is a remote risk Boom. that it could be re-identified. There you go, you see. And that's it, Ian. That's it. There's a remote risk. What do we classify as a remote risk? I would imagine that the NHS data will not be as well protected as the Pentagon. And a bloke in his bedroom managed to hack into that and get their secure data. So well, suddenly it's not that safe, is it? Very securely. But even beyond that, even, before, even behind the IT security, is the fact that it's held in its effectively anonymous form. So if someone were to hack it... 
they'd get back a set of meaningless pseudonyms that they wouldn't then be able to link back to individuals. But you keep saying effectively anonymous. That, that doesn't ins- Does that inspire confidence in you, Una? And not in the least, and I really want people, your listeners, to think about this and to contact their GP practices as soon as possible if they wish to opt out. I think it's very important here that, um, well, first of all, it's very important that we have this debate. It's really good that people are informed about what happens to information, and they understand the benefits that they get from systems like this. But also, we need to have a debate that's based on facts about what... They've not been informed very well, have they? There's been been a huge muff-up with the way the leaflets have been distributed. I certainly don't remember seeing one in my house. Ian? Sorry? There's been a huge muff-up, hasn't there, in the way the leaflets have been distributed. I don't remember seeing one in my house. Um, I think that's uh, an issue for NHS England. Um, I... But if but people haven't got the information... That there's lots of ways that the public are being informed about the programme and engaged in the debate besides... Uh, the I consider myself to be quite well up on uh, the news agenda. And I only heard about this because my boss mentioned it to me two weeks ago. Lawrence mentioned it to me in a meeting two weeks ago. That's the only reason I know about it. I, otherwise, I would be blissfully unaware. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good campaign, is it? Particularly when it's opt out. Again, I think that's... The, you know, the, the, how effective the campaign's been is um, a matter for NHS England, who are running the system. Um, but I think it is a good thing that we're having the, the debate now and people understand uh, the benefits of this system and also what the very small potential risks are. Uh, Una, um, Dr Claire Garada, former chair of the Council of the Royal College of General Practitioners, has suggested that people who opt out are selfish. Are you selfish, Una? Well, I actually contacted Claire Gerard about that myself, and I think the public are unaware that she's actually working for NHS England now, and she's, it's in her vested interest uh-huh. in her current post to uh, be positive about this system. But I worry that it has been set up to ensure that the maximum number of people are unaware of it, and the maximum number of people are unaware of how they opt out, and that in that way they will upload the maximum number of mm. records, and I think that's morally wrong. Uh, how do they opt out, Una? What do people have to do? Well, they can, um, in my own practice, you can can go through the website and you can email us. You can also, we'll take it by telephone because the, the time frame is so short. You can call into the practice, you can drop us a note. We will, we will take the information anyway. Just simply a line that you do not wish to participate in data sharing or care data or however you express that. Ian, does the opt-out um, part of it make you feel uncomfortable? Because that does seem a little bit unfair and it, it, it will catch people who are unaware of it, won't it? Well, I think it's Again, it's important to remember just how far removed from your medical record what the information we're talking about Yeah, and, and you've made that point, but does the opt-out part of it, the fact that some people are unaware of it and are unaware they have to opt-out, is that fair? Should it not be an opt-in system? Well, I think, um, first of all, a system like this, uh, the more data it has available to it, the more effective it will be, the more benefit the NHS can derive from it. And also, we are seeing now the... Um, This is becoming uh, quite a big issue. Even if people haven't received the leaflet, uh, there was a recent survey that said uh, most people knew about the changes that were coming in. Okay. I'll ask again, should it be be an opt-in system as opposed to opt-out? That would be a question for NHS England. You don't have an opinion on that? Um, I'm comfortable with it being opt-out, but again, um, it, it was NHS England that made the decision. Ian, I appreciate your time. Ian Blunt from the Nuffield Trust thinks it's a good idea. The other voice you heard there was Dr Una Duffy from Bell House Medical Centre in Luton who thinks it's a bad idea. Well, it's over to you, dear listener. Care.data, your data, I, I do think it's, it's naive to think it, it can remain anonymous when you've got a bloke 
who uh, has got Asperger's in a flat in North London in Wood Green of all places, can hack into the Pentagon when you've got Tesco have been hacked into uh, a couple of weeks ago. PlayStation were hacked into about a year ago. All of these big organisations that have got fantastic security, Tesco's may not be the tightest security, to be honest, but the Pentagon, when they've been hacked into, it's not beyond the wit of man, is it, that someone could hack into the NHS, work out the formula and unanonymize, de-anonymize this data. How do you feel about it? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting on the speed sensors, the A5 southbound slow going past Mark Yates and towards Hitchin on the A602 looking quite slow as well. That's the parkway. The M1 southbound slow around Junction 10 for Luton and the M25 anti-clockwise struggling between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gossip, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. It's just gone 7.30. News and sport now from Serena. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Government report into Luton's Barnfield College will show how the organisation wrongly claimed nearly a million pounds for students which it had no record of teaching. Elsewhere, bodies being found in a river in Leighton Buzzard. Bedfordshire Police won't be drawn on speculation. It might be that of Neil Devlin. He's the local man who went missing on New Year's Day. Now, as we've just been hearing, people across the three counties are raising concerns over NHS plans to collect patient data and put it on a national database. They're worried they're not being properly informed. And the Court of Appeal will rule this morning on whether whole life tariffs for prisoners breach human rights. Last year, European judges said that life in jail with no possibility of review was inhumane. That's the news. Now let's move on to all the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's kick off with football then and Watford are away to Yeovil in the Championship this evening. Hornets goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain believes his side's on a positive run of form and therefore have a good chance at the playoffs. We've given ourselves you know, a, a fighting chance now. As, as again we've always said, the next game is, the, is important and we go to Yeovil on Tuesday, um, follow that by Bolton away. So you know, every game is very, very difficult and you have to try and um, add to your points total all the time and that's what we'll be trying to do. Elsewhere locally, Milton Keynes dons are at home to Preston in League One, staying with that league and Stevenage are away to Leighton Orient. Elsewhere, FA Cup fifth round action and Hull City earned themselves a replay last night after they scored a late equaliser against Brighton. Oscar Garcia is pleased with the one-all result. I'm very pleased because all my players uh, show everybody they are, they are good enough to play in the championship. They are good enough to play against uh, Premier League opposition and uh, um, I trust all my players more than most of the people, but uh, I am really happy and proud of the performance of all of them. Winter Olympics and exciting news there. Great Britain's curlers are currently taking on Norway in a playoff <laughs> match. That scared me. Sorry. Jeez. I was excited. I do like it uh, when they do the curling on the telly. Have I've got nervous disposition. No, you don't. Justin, well, Justin showed me a brilliant video of the curling this morning. What, did it involve women's bums it, or something? Oh, oh for goodness. Anyway, they've reached... Well, Ken, and if you're interested, where are they at the moment? They're, 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 comp- they're competing to um, mm-hmm. get into the semi-finals. OK. 
a short while ago, they were losing 4-2. That's in the seventh end. I'm going to have to find out how many ends there are. Maybe 10. I'll find out. Anyway, there you go. So what was this picture you were showing? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. We three have... Radio. I knocked the uh, Sochi Winter, Winter Olympics. I knocked the Olympics. And then Ben Nye, who works on various shows, keeps yeah. coming in every morning and keeps putting the Winter Olympics on. I'm going, oh, Ben, forget... I'll oh, turn it off. But the curling, the curling has been awesome. It has. And actually, I have a noise as in my head what curling sounds like. Right. So to me, what? it goes... Oh, and as soon as it gets... Oh, right. As they move the curling ball... Yes. In my brain, yeah. that's what the, the ice is doing, making that noise. But the, if it makes any noise, it'll just be a... Not in my brain. But, but okay. Kelly, when you watch the curling, what noise do you think? What noise do you think? So we watch it with the sound down at BBC yeah, Three Counties yeah, Radio. Yeah. What, what, what noise do you think the, the curling's making? Uh, That's the brush. What about the block? Do it with your mouth. Don't do it with implements. No, no, that's probably it. Do yours again, Sophie, because that's just ridiculous. What? How is that possible? It's not In undulating. Brain, it's like whoop, whoop. there it is now on the telly. And it is. It's weird. It's the weirdest spot. There's a very funny um, uh, twop twip on Twitter. You should follow them. They're hilarious. Uh, Recreate the uh, excitement of watching curling by shouting at some cleaners. (laughs) Because that's what they're doing. They're sweeping the ice. Ollie would be unbelievable at curling. They're sweeping the ice. That's the noise. That's the noise curling makes. That's totally noisy. Now I'll turn it up. Okay, let's. We're going to hear the curling noise. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, well, I wasn't expecting that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What noise does curling make? We love it. We love it. We love it. And thank you to Ben Nye, uh, one of the team here at BBC Three Counties Radio, for coming in and turning it on. Despite my protestations, he came in and did a cr- uh, kept got us all into the curling. Cracking stuff. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Lots to talk about this morning. You can call in with the noise of curling. Uh, you can call in and let me know. Do you wear uh, a balaclava at all? Not getting much support for the old balaclava battle cry. But also this care dot data. I've been handed a photocopy of the leaflet here. Important changes to your medical records. Please read. You may need to act now is what it says, uh, and then it goes on to kind of let you know what's happening and it gives you a little form you can opt out. GP practices across England will soon be required to supply patients' personal and confidential medical information on a regular and continuous basis. Now, uh, I've not seen this form. I've not seen this form come through my letterbox. I'm only seeing it now because it's been handed to me. How do you feel about it? Your medical data being shared and the fact that it's, it's an opt-out it's an opt-out. That seems a little bit unfair to me. 08459 four double five five double five. Nina's from where? Morning, Nina. Good morning, Ian. Ne- Nina, what have you got for me? Right. Uh, you're not going to believe this. I live in where? I had a call from I don't the know. hospital. I live in where? I live... I don't know. I, I had a call from... Uh, oh, you live in where? Sorry. I live in where? Yes. <laughs> And uh, I had a call from a hospital in Birmingham. Oh, yes. And it was one of the nurses, uh, one of the Indian nurses, I should say, rang me up to sell me private medication for my eczema. Oh. 
Now, how on earth did she get my information? Well, I don't the, know. So, hang on a minute. So, you, you, you have eczema, and your, your doctor knows about this. My doctor knows about it. Guy's Hospital knows about this. That would come from your ho- hospital records, though. That, that They would, um... They've so been... How, if it's a confidential thing, why are the records out on public to other hospitals? Mm. I don't quite understand, but it's it's a little bit concerning, isn't it? But it's the, 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 the thing with this care.data is, I, I don't mind other hospitals knowing my medical conditions because they're hospitals and they're doctors and they might be able to help. This care.data, the information, could be um, traded between pharmaceutical companies and who knows who else. OK, but I would, I would not like to be in there. I'd be very sure Are you going it. to opt out, Nina? I am, definitely. Thank you very much indeed. Dennis. Morning, Dennis. Good morning. Well done. You've got the phone in your hand. Why does your phone always echo? Are you in Wembley Stadium in 1986? No, no. I, I don't know what it is. Are I, you at the Montreal I, I, Olympics? I'd, sorry? Hello? Yes. Good? Yes. What? Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. What are you talking about? What do you want? Just to say, I think this business of the hospital is a thin end of the wedge. Here we go. We're going to hell in a handcart, guys. No, any time It's political now, correctness gone mad. There'll be barcoding babies when they're born, so we'll know exactly what happens all the way through their life. By the way, that's a great name for a band. If anyone wants to be called the Barcode Babies, then you're more than welcome well, to have that. Right. BBC introducing, chicken. Saturday night. I mean, they, they already do this sort of thing with dogs, don't they? What? Do I, I say they do this business of the chip into the side of the dog so it's registered for life yes. and know exactly what's wrong with it. And as I say, they, we, we, they'll do it with babies sooner or later. How have you gone from medical companies buying your medical records to babies being implanted with chips? It's all part of the same deal. They'll be <laughs> able to read the chip when you, when you go to the doctors or to the dentist or whatever. They'll know all about you. The thing is, Dennis, the argument for this care.data is it will help um, medical companies work out uh, health trends. It will help them work out what drugs drugs are working, what what's doing what, what the side effects are. That's got to be good news, hasn't it? Are we saying that the doctors and hospitals at the moment are incompetent? Because when you go, they examine you, they tell you what you need. If they don't know what the hell you need, why are they bothered to examine you? When was the last time you wore a balaclava? Uh... Let me see. Sometime during the first, not the first World War, the second World War. <laughs> no, I, I, I wear a Russian tie. If, if it's very cold, oh. I've got uh, uh, an ex Russian army uh, top, you know, with eardrops ear and air things that drop down to the side. Oh, okay. They're with the, a big furry thing. Yeah. They're nice, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I miss the balaclava, though, Dennis. I wish we could. I wish we could walk freely around the streets of Beds, Hearts and Bucks with our faces covered and just our eyes peering out. I'll tell you what. You find two, and I'll come walking with you. You find a couple of these things, and I'll walk around with it just so people don't think you're daft. That's it. You got a. You got a date, my friend. <laughs> and finally, Dennis, what noise do you think the curling makes? <laughs> there you go. You see. He's spot on. What was yours again, Soph? She works for the BBC. Your licence fee is paying for her. 08459 455 555. Should we have a quick look at the front pages? I say quick. We'll take a leisurely stroll. Is it? While Paul Paul Scoynes fiddles with the camera. Yes, Kelly Betts. Has Matt done a cartoon today? Let's have a little look. Early Telegraph. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I can't believe you're on first term names with Matt. Well, that's his name, that's Matt. That's his name, though. 
Uh, Matt, I think Matt has either um, gone on holiday or he's passed on because there's no Matt cartoon this morning on the front of the telephone. To be honest, he's had so many hilarious ideas. I suppose they just run out. He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. Uh, By the way, uh, Kelly Betts, we mentioned BBC Introducing there. It's hosted by the excellent Gary Floyd. Not this week, it ain't. Not this week. Not this week, it ain't. Who's hosting it if Gary Floyd ain't holding it? Where where are you from? I'm from New York City, from the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx in New York City. Excellent. This week, BBC Introducing has been hosted by somebody called Kelly Betts, who you may know. Sounds similar to this voice. Um, We've got George Ezra on, who is brilliant. And the Jebs in session. George Ezra and the Jebs? Yep, not together. Although that would be brilliant. That is flipping awesome. Thanks, mate. That's so cool, man. That's Thanks. so cool. You actually put your thumb up. Thank yeah, because it's called the Debs and George Ezra. The who? Jebs. Jebs. Yeah. And George Ezra. Well done. And Kelly Betts. Yep. When is it on? Saturday. I'm busy. Eight o'clock. Then. Why don't you come in? Can't make it. The Daily Telegraph. China's poorest beat our best pupils. What? Children of factory workers and cleaners in the Far East achieve better exam results than the offspring of British lawyers and doctors. What? Oh, well, never mind. Um, Blood tests could show clinical depression risk. The first biological test for clinical depression has been developed by scientists in a breakthrough, which researchers... No, this isn't a Daily Express story. This is from a proper newspaper. Which researchers say will enable it to be identified and treated at an earlier stage. Uh, And there's a picture of uh, David Cameron with grey hair. (sighs) The Guardian curling! Here we go! Like a rolling stone, curlers into the Olympic semi-final. Curler Vicky Adams throws a stone during Britain's 8-7 defeat to Denmark in Sochi. Um, And let's be honest, let's be honest. Okay, cards on the table. Part of the reason I'm so taken by uh, British women's curling is because, because they're all hot. I mean, they are. I'm surprised that that ice don't melt they're so hot. But also they're great sportswomen. The Guardian. Um, UN compares North Korea to Nazi uh, regime Um, I don't know not not really a lot going on in the Guardian let's try the Independent (sighs) not really a lot going on in the Independent either Burko attacks yobbery and twittishness of PMQs Speaker reveals he has written to party leaders and denies bias against fellow Tories this is the thing Prime Minister's question time in the House of Commons yeah sure why not it is like a bunch of um, I- I- idiot children and donkeys. If you got some idiot children and some donkeys and put them in a room, it would sound more controlled and better mannered than politicians. Oh, oh, oh! They do all that, don't they? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> They do that, don't they? That is so very true. That is so true and so real. Oh, oh, oh! And sometimes they just go... Yeah. It's ridiculous. They, these people are leading. If you did that in school, imagine if at the meeting after the show, right? If uh, Catherine or Lawrence says, I've got a story. It's um, about a sinkhole in. Oh! Lawrence would look at us. We did it a second time. We'd be out. We'd be out. It's a ridiculous thing. These people are ruling this country, for goodness sakes. For once, I agree with John Burko. They should stop this nonsense. Let me do one more, and then we'll do the rest later on. The Times... Eh- 
Uh, I'm going to read it. Exercise is essential to grow back your brain. We'll leave it there. And bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading from High Wycombe towards Marlow, the A404 looking slow on the speed sensors. And also in Chesant, the A10 southbound is struggling as you approach Waltham Cross. The M1 London bound looking slow in patches between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.46 or thereabouts. It's Tuesday, the 18th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A government report into Luton's Barnfield College will show how the organisation wrongly claimed money for students, which it has no record of teaching. A body's been found in a river in Leighton Buzzard. And in sport, Hull City now have an FA Cup replay after they scored a late equaliser against Brighton last night. Coming up the next 15 minutes, your calls about whatever you fancy, really. 08459 455 555. But before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hi, very good morning to you. We've got some showers trekking up from the west at the moment. Uh, otherwise, a bit of a misty, murky sort of start. There'll be lots of cloud around through the morning and further showers into the afternoon as well. And some of these showers could turn out to be quite heavy, perhaps some hail and some thunder, but some good spells of brightness developing, certainly by the end of the afternoon. Anyway, it will feel quite nice, I think, away from the showery weather. Uh, top temperatures today of up to 9 or 10 degrees Celsius. Might even see an 11. That would be 52 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, it's going to stay reasonably mild. It'll be dry for the first half of the night, the showers fading away. And then for the second half of the night, we'll gradually see some outbreaks of drizzle just pushing in from the west. It's a very, very weak weather front and that's going to stick around into tomorrow morning, giving some murky conditions. But tomorrow, not a bad day if you're out for half term. I think it's going to be dry and it will tend to brighten up into the afternoon. It will turn a bit wetter and a little bit windier by the time we get to Thursday, but we're not going to see anything really heavy, I don't think. And then showers on Friday and on Saturday. That's the forecast, Ian. If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation... Get this roofing company round, see if they can fix the problem and I'll pay the bill. We said, yeah, I did say that. The JVS Show fights for your rights. This conversation went round and round and round. And tackles your consumer problems. So, Roy, the question is, has he paid the bill? Yes, and he was standing there and he handed me an envelope. So I just opened the envelope and I looked inside of it. There's a cheque for £120 and that's it. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk Are you happy? Yes, I'm quite happy. I will give him my fanfare, my horn and any other problems, Roy, you know where I am. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, care.data, your medical records um, will be shared. Uh, this is the leaflet. I don't, have you had the leaflet through your door? I don't remember having one. If I've had one, it got thrown away by accident. Or my wife has uh, put it away in a pile somewhere. We have set different piles where our post is kept. No, not there. We have different piles of uh, where our post is kept. I can never quite find it. I could, a week after an important letter has arrived, I'll find it somewhere. 
Anyway, the leaflet says, uh, important changes to your medical records. GP practices across England will soon be required to supply patients personal and confidential medical information on a regular and continuous basis. The data upload is due to commence in March 2014 and all households should receive a letter, a leaflet, uh, about this in January. Oh, I certainly didn't get it in January. Details from your medical record will be extracted from the practice in a form that can identify you. Oh, and will include your NHS number, date of birth, postcode, gender and ethnicity. Together with your medical diagnosis, including cancer and mental health, their complications, referrals to specialists, your prescriptions, your family history, details of your vaccinations and screening tests, your blood test results, your body mass index and your smoking alcohol habits. That is everything. The programme is called Care.Data and the information uploaded will be used for purposes other than your direct medical care. I, I suspect this is not the. Uh, I suspect this is not the official leaflet because it's kind of. This is kind of slightly anti. So is this the official leaflet that people have had through their letterboxes? Because it sounds slightly anti. It sounds a little bit propagandist to me. Whereas I, 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 if this were the official leaflet, I suspect it would be phrased a little bit better. Um, mm, 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 mm. We'll find out. We'll investigate this. This was on the NHS website, was it? Oh, OK. Les is in Potter's Bar. Morning, Les. Good morning to you. Les, what do you make about this? Uh, well, just to say that my, my, brother, my brother Peter uh, went to hospital um, from work with an injured arm. Yes. Um, and he, he spent some time in hospital. Uh, when he went to renew his uh, uh, car insurance, they said to him he'd made a claim on his insurance um, regarding an arm, and he was in, ended up in A&E. Um, so somehow they've got his data you know, through an insurance company. Oh. Uh, did he make an insurance part. Did he make an insurance claim on his own? No, certain, certainly not. I mean, well, it wasn't to do with a road traffic accident. Oh. Yeah, this was actually an injury, you know, at, at work. But it, so, so he did, did, did he make a claim for that, though? It, well, uh, he's made a claim on the company. On the company. Because insurance... Car insurance. Insurance companies are notorious for sharing data and uh, the, the swapping bits of information and things like that. Does the fact that your medical records, and it, it says here everything, your NHS number, date of birth, postcode, gender, uh, medical diagnosis, does it, does it worry you that information will be shared even if there is a level of anonymity? It absolutely horrifies me. Absolutely. I just can't believe they would do something like that. Uh, Les, thank you very much uh, indeed. Myrtle's in Bedford. Morning, Myrtle. Hello, boss. Uh, oh, thank you very much indeed, Myrtle. I like the respect that's being shown. Good. I I had one of these. Um, it's a, an oblong shape, white with blue writing on it. What did it say on the front? NHS something. Right, OK. That was three weeks ago. So... My husband and I got on the phone. I don't want them knowing if I've got a spot on me bum or a bunion on me foot. Do you have a spot on your backside at the moment, Myrtle? No, not at the moment. Good, no, good. No, no, that's OK at the moment. A scratch, maybe, but not a spot. And I I just uh, phoned up the receptionist. and Well, my husband did, and then I spoke to her and said, uh, I did not wish my data to be... Um, put to this thing, this thing, you know. And she said, that's fine, I'll do it now, right now. And she said, it's done. 
Right, I'm see- Listen, this, the leaflet that I've got isn't, I don't think, the one that would have been necessarily posted through your letterbox because this is a slightly um, uh, propagandist uh, anti one. I'm looking at the leaflet online that the NHS would have handed out. Better information means better care. This leaflet contains important information about your health records. Uh, you have a choice. We want to improve. Yes, this is the official one. We want to improve the quality of care and health services for all by using information about the care you've received. Uh, we will use information such as your postcode and NHS number to link your records from these different places. Records are linked in a secure system so your identity is protected. Details that could identify you will be removed before your information is made available. Hmm, I, I wish I'd ah, kept it. Ah, here we go, here we go, here we go. We sometimes release confidential information to approved researchers if this is allowed by law amidst the strict rules that are in place to protect your privacy. So there is a kind of little loophole oh, yeah. that they can give what they want. Yeah, yeah mm. I, think it, I think it's awfully wrong. Myrtle, I appreciate your call and thank you for calling me boss. It's appreciated. So yes, the leaflet I've been given isn't, as uh, I, I first implied, the official NHS one. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. Now, we're bringing the balaclava back. I think it's criminal that we are not allowed to wear balaclavas in this country without looking like perverts or terrorists. Justin? Ridiculous. Cold mornings out there. You must at times want a woolen balaclava buffeting your beautiful, <laughs> gorgeous ears and that manly chin of yours. Hey, listen, we all want to stay warm, don't we? But I think, you know, most people nowadays, if they saw somebody in a balaclava, they would be terrified. You don't want to be out there scaring members of a Public, well, well, you clearly do. Dennis and I are going to go out in balaclavas. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, uh, Ian, you've uh, put this picture of yourself uh, wearing a balaclava on Twitter this morning. It's out there, unfortunately. Um, I have taken that photograph onto the streets this morning, seeing if people back you to bring the mm. balaclava mm. back. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to like this. Here's oh. what happened. <laughs> he looks like a prat. <laughs> I don't think he'll be happy with no. that. <laughs> now, Mick, when you were growing up, you were one of the boys... Wearing a balaclava, it kept you nice and warm. Ian Lee wants to bring back the balaclava. Do you think they're outdated now? All fashion goes and comes back. Mm. When the miniskirt first came out, my uncle used to make them. And he made them for Fifth Avenue in America. And he got a contract for 3,000 pair of miniskirts for Belgium on an export drive. Well, then it died. The thing is, though, Mick, you can't really compare a miniskirt to a balaclava, can you? Well, there's a lot of funny people about (laughs) Are you one of those funny people? <laughs> I'm the worst dressed man in England. Come on, there's the picture of Ian Lee. If you saw him walking down the street wearing that balaclava, yeah. would that not scare you? No. You go and talk to him? Yeah, who is he? Alex, I've got a picture here of Ian Lee wearing his balaclava. Can you describe that scary image for me, please? Of course, uh, you cannot know, you cannot identify who he is, you know. And uh, actually, you know, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. It should be a gangster or something like that. I mean, to be fair, he does think that he's a gangster. <laughs> so, what's your memories of wearing a balaclava in your youth? Oh, just, well, it's so cold in them days, we just used to wear them, you know. It was a uh, part, part of the gear, really. Ian Lee wants to bring them back. Are you oh. behind this campaign? Well, there's enough crooks wear balaclavas anyway, isn't there? Hey. So times have moved on, maybe it's not yeah. the right thing to do. Oh, no, I don't think so, no. I just don't like, I just don't like the look of them. Um... scare you? Yeah. You want to see what's under that balaclava yeah. as well. Yeah. That's even more scary. Yeah. Is that right? Why well, is it not right? 
Because his face is covered, you don't know who he's presenting. It's like he's hiding or something. Oh, Trust yeah. me, that's an improvement. Uh, right. Really? Okay. Mm. Uh, another um, BBC biased report from Justin <laughs> Dealey, where he's cu- he's cut out all the people that disagree with him, and he's approached people that he knows will support his bigoted nonsense view. Absolute nonsense. Those are genuine views of the people at bedsides and bugs. You will not find anybody, and I'm telling you right now, yeah. you, you won't yeah. find anybody oh, yeah. who still wears a yeah. balaclava. Oh yeah, you reckon? You reckon? If they're a yeah, robber. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You reckon, Just? Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, you know, do you? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Say hello to Maria, Justin. Hi, Maria. Hello there, it's Maria. Hello, Maria. Hello. I just heard about the balaclava and the records and everything else. I'm taking a, a note up the shop what? to see if they'll put a, a notice up. Yes. Let's warn people. About the uh, the care records? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ma- Maria, what do you think about balaclavas? I make them. I, I used to wear, well, till I had the accident, I wore mine, but I'd be wear, I've worn mine all through this cold weather. Wow. With the cap on top and the ear thing. Down. And you, you've not worn them since the accident? No, but I'm wearing them all this weather Fan- while I'm not on the, on the bike. Fantastic, you see? I make them. So are you they're, wearing... Are you, patterns for them. Are you wearing one now? Yes, oh. now. Oh, Justin, would you like to apologise to Maria? <laughs> Maria, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm genuinely shocked that, that Ian has managed to find anybody who still wears a balaclava, because they are quite In scary. In I've got one for a friend who takes his dogs out early morning, and I've still got to deliver one to him. It's wow. black with a little cap on it. Yeah. It's incredible. Yep. Yes, see. I've got one for him, because I know how cold it is in the morning. But Mar- Maria, marvelous. do you reckon you could make one for Justin Dealey? <laughs> oh, I could do. Yeah, would, would you have a go? If, <laughs> if I've got time, I'm so such a busy woman at the moment. I know, I can tell. Maria, your roof came off, all that wind. Did your roof blow off? <laughs> yeah. Oh, blimey. And my dear friends over the road are going to fix it for me. Oh, well, them. good for them. Maria, listen, you're a good sport. Thank you for calling. You see, Justin? Superb. Thank Absolutely you very much. superb. Well done to you. There we go. Justin Dealey, thank you very much indeed. We're bringing the bal aklava back. 08459 555 555 is the phone number. Also, care.data. Are you concerned that your medical information, your medical records, uh, are going to be shared? Unless you opt out. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking on the speed sensors, the A5 southbound is slow going past Mark Yates and the A1M southbound also struggling through the Stevenage junctions 8 and 7. The M1 London bound is heavy in patches between junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne and the M25 anti-clockwise slow going between 21 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Coming up to the last hour of the show, lots to talk about, including the latest on Barnfield and this care.data. Are you happy with your medical records being shared? More of your calls after the latest news with Serena. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines. Luton College wrongly claims almost £1 million. Body found in Leighton Buzzard and Britain's curlers through to the semis. BBC Three Counties Radio. A government report into Luton's Barnfield College will show how the organisation wrongly claimed near a nearly...
million pounds for students which it has no record of teaching. It's been seen by BBC Three Counties Radio and shows financial mismanagement both at the Federation and the College. That then led to £1.25 million lost in failed projects. Political reporter Paul Scoynes has the story. The report is damning in its criticism of the organisation's structure, including concerns governors were not fully aware of the financial position of Barnfield College. The college had just under a million pounds worth of funding reduced after not being able to demonstrate pupils had actually enrolled for courses it had claimed money for. And the former Director General of the Federation, Sir Peter Burkett, was given two payoffs, holiday allowances and a car when he resigned last year, despite only being entitled to holiday pay, which the report says is all he asked for. The report has not been been published and remains on hold after the government passed the reports to the police for assessment. Stay listening to hear the thoughts of MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, as he'll be speaking to Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties Radio straight after this bulletin. In other news, a body's been found in a river in Leighton Buzzard in Bedfordshire. Police won't be drawn on speculation. It might be that of Neil Devlin. He's a local man who went missing on New Year's Day. Investigations are ongoing. Now, people across the three counties are being reassured their medical data won't be abused when the NHS starts sharing it with other organisations. Many are concerned about their personal records and the new scheme called Care.Data. Dr Una Duffy from the Bellhouse Medical Centre in Luton says it isn't a good idea. This information, it is entirely unclear how it's going to be used. This is going to be all referrals that you've ever had, all prescriptions you've ever had, any illnesses that you've had. And that's quite a a broad range of data. And I would rather that people could opt into that system of saying, OK, I want to donate all this information to research and that they would be able to do that with, with permission of the patient. Well, one of the major concerns is that if their records end up in the wrong hands. Ian Blunt from the Nuffield Trust says that can't happen. If they get the data at all, which I think would be quite challenging for them because the information uh, will only be released to approved researchers who have to demonstrate the benefit to the NHS of the work they're doing. If they were to receive that information, it would be completely anonymous. They wouldn't be able to work out who, in terms of names and addresses and their customers, were having these treatments. Elsewhere, the Court of Appeals due to rule on whether judges are obliged to follow a judgment of the European Court of Human Rights on the sentencing of murderers. Last year, the court ruled that human rights of prisoners serving whole life sentences had been breached because they didn't have the possibility of release. And sport then and Winter Olympics, Team GB's men's curlers are through to the semis after beating Norway 6-5 in their playoff match. Staying mild across the three counties this morning, most areas should brighten up 11 degrees Celsius, you're high. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Just got all excited. Maybe I'll tell you why a little bit later on. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in the next hour of the show, including an exclusive for BBC Three Counties Radio. A government report into Barnfield College has found the organisation claimed nearly a million pounds for students. It had no record of teaching. Well, Paul Scoynes has been following this very, very closely. Uh, we'll hear more in a second. Plus, we're getting your concerns about care.data. Your medical records will be anonymised, but they will be shared from March. It's an opt-out system. How are you feeling about that? 
and we're bringing back the balaclava and I, we, we may have a celebrity supporter of this campaign more news coming soon across beds hearts and bucks this is bbc three counties radio it's a story we've been well we've been hinting at and talking about for months and it's finally seems to be uh, getting some traction a government report into Barnfield College will show how the organization wrongly claimed nearly a million pounds for students that it had no record of teaching the report seen by BBC three counties radio also shows significant failures in the management structure which led to improper use of college funds it's not been published but our political reporter Paul Scoynes has a copy Paul we've been expecting this report for months remind us what's happened well Ian this is the Skills Funding Agency reports part of the uh, Department for Business into that uh, Luton-based College and Federation Barnfield, which runs over half a dozen academies and free schools in the Bedfordshire area. Now, the investigation, as you say, it's been going on for months. It began in October last year following allegations of financial mismanagement. Now, since the report began, a number of schools waiting to convert into Barnfield academies were placed on hold. Two now have stopped that process. And uh, just to bring you up to date, the former Director General of the organisation, Sir Peter Burkett, he left last year. He also stepped down from his new job at an international education company because he didn't want the report to become a distraction to colleagues. Also allegations about funding for students, weren't there? What, what do we know about that? Yes, this I feel is the sort of top line really. The, according to the auditor's report, the number of hours uh, of learning claimed for didn't match the attendance registers, effectively meaning that they received more money than they were entitled to. Now the college was unable to substantiate enrolment delivery and assessment of some learners. The funding claims, the amount of money effectively for those 16 to 18 year olds has been reduced now by uh, £464,000. The funding for the adult skills budget, because of course Barnfield College teaches adults as well, Mm -hmm. has been reduced by £477,000 and a number of recommendations have also been made to the college, which include improving its registers, so effectively being able to know that it's teaching as many people as it is. There's a big mention in the report as well of how Sir Peter uh, Burkett was paid off when he left. Explain that. Yeah, according to this report, now Peter Burkett left on good terms. He only asked for a few days holiday. In fact, he was actually given a lump sum, then another lump sum, an additional month's holiday and his car. Uh, Now, there was a misunderstanding over which car would be transferred to Sir Peter. Uh, They thought he had a three-year-old Jaguar. In fact, his car was newer and more expensive than that. The report basically says that this was a blunder by the board, which ultimately was a misuse of college funds. Now, the board also didn't have oversight of pay, only that of Sir Peter. He had control over the rest of the pay decisions, and the report claims substantial pay rises were granted to certain executives without proper oversight. And there was also, in a culture of a lack of challenge to Sir Peter on management matters. Uh, and in this report, we've mentioned this earlier this morning, there is a very complicated management structure, isn't there? Yes, and absolute spider's web of of, uh, companies, a number of companies, I counted at least 10 limited companies belonging to Barnfield, two governing boards. Um, The report shows that the governors didn't have proper oversight of the situation or indeed were not properly trained on how to do their job properly. Uh, The report says that there were significant financial losses as well incurred, they say, by 
poor decision making. Now around £800,000 was put aside as a result of confusion over the development of the college grounds at Bedford Road, £450,000 the cost of closing the Harpenden Hare Academy and overall the college went from having a surplus of around a million pounds three or four years ago to a deficit of £712,000 in April 2012. Now the report clearly states that that lack of oversight and involvement from governors certainly contributed to that deficit. When is this report going to be officially published? We've seen copies of it but it's still not out in the public domain is it in honesty i don't know um i don't think we're any closer to knowing that at all my my feeling is it will be in a few weeks now um i understand that the further education commissioner has been in finished his report to the government we 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 think that he is minded to allow the federation to remain in place uh, but without revising uh, with with a revised management structure sorry mm. we did i mean they have made steps already to to, to do that there's a, a new interim chief executive dame jackie fisher we we broke that story last week on three counties radio um there've been also changes to the governing body uh, as well the official response, Barnfield have said, we will comment in full when the report is published. That's the same line as well from Sir Peter Burkett, who would like to see the full report before speaking. Uh, and indeed, the government have said as well that, that it won't comment on any leaked report. Uh, police involvement as well now, isn't there? Yes, that's right. We've been told by the Department for Education that they passed both reports to the uh, police. The police have told us that uh, Hertfordshire uh, police is looking into whether or not a crime has been committed. It stresses it is at a very early in, uh, stage in its investigations. It would be wrong for us to say they're investigating a crime. They are really at the uh, at this stage mm. just looking to see whether or not anything improper has happened. Paul, thank you for that. Joining me now, MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka. Morning, Gavin. Morning. What's your reaction to this report? Well, the report is fairly damning in its content, uh, and it's very clear that it raises broader questions than just about Barnfield as well. At the heart of this is a story whereby accountability, which is meant to be at a local level, uh, seems to have failed. Uh, and what you've had is accountability centralised at a national level. Again, there were problems around whistleblowers coming forward around this. Um, you've knocked out this local tier, um, which can provide accountability, and from that, all sorts of things have started to come out, and I suspect there'll be more. Uh, there are other reports to come in this story, one by the Department of Edge, uh, Department for Education. You've asked for them to be published soon. Yeah, and not just the reports uh, that will be published in their final versions, but also the interim reports that have been circulated. Now, that's important because what you've had is a huge number of people come forward to give evidence uh, that helps us to understand exactly what went wrong at Barnfield. Now, my concern is fairly obvious that, um, that some of these will not receive uh, the same level of scrutiny that they deserve. That there's clearly a systemic failure um, that's out outlined in these reports. And so we need a systemic response that requires understanding all of the story, not just the bits that they're putting in the public domain. There are no recommendations in this report. This, this just gives us the, the, the bare facts as, uh, as seen here. What would you like to see? Happen? Well, I think, you know, I, put simply, there is a future for Barnfield uh, as a brilliant local education provider, but that can only be enacted if we understand the truth of what's gone on. So in case of these reports, I think it's pretty clear uh, they need to go to government, but they also need to go to the local education providers so that they can see exactly what needs to be done. Um, I think it's pretty clear the direction of travel. There's been a change in management at the college. Um, there has to be a simplification of the structures that are there, which many governors have come mm. to me privately and said they didn't even understand the structures that were there in the first place. So how you expect them to hold um, entrepreneurial leadership as we had at Barnfield uh, to account without 
understanding the structures I don't really understand. Of course, there's, there's no reference uh, in this to the academies, no criticism of the teaching standards or anything like that. What would your message be to parents? Should parents be worried? Well, I think parents should be worried if the truth isn't going to come out uh, and in due course um, fairly soon. Uh, having said that, you know, I, I have no criticism of Barnfield's teachers or students or parents. There's clearly an issue uh, around management and governance, and the college themselves have accepted that, so they need to step up to the plate on that. Um, but unless we get a full picture of what's gone on there, and soon, you know, a lot of us have been following this story through. This has dragged on for a very long time, hasn't it? It has. It's dragged on for a very long period of time. And um, my concern is that people start to lose faith in Barnfield unless this starts moving forward. Forward. That puts the uh, approach squarely back on the government to commit to publishing these reports and publishing them in full. And that's the thing, isn't it, Paul? It, it, it's, it seems to be more of a behind-the-scenes problem. It's not a, a problem necessarily in the classroom. Well, that's what we understand, certainly from this report. Yeah. I mean, as I say, there will be another report into uh, the sort of academy level uh, from the Department for Education, mm. although I suspect as well that from you know a lot of that is still based at the way that it was structured as a system and um and i think it's 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 fair that gavin chuk has just said about you know how the education standards isn't under question mm. it's certainly not you know that side of things which has been reported on here um what michael gove has said the education secretary he's not commented on this at all he's been very clear that he said it would not be right for him to comment uh, about the report until it's published he has however said that the uh, allegations have, which have been made are very serious and that the uh, department is taking them seriously so we await this report officially to come out it, you know this report was was written towards the uh, end of last month so, you know, we understand it to be as fresh as it can be. The uh, other one from the department is, is obviously still awaiting uh, publication. I know very little about that, I'm afraid. Paul, thank you very much, Gavin. Thank you very much. Gavin, while I've got you here, I hope this isn't too flippant a quantum leap of, of topic. We are bringing the balaclava back this morning. And mine is kind of like a sort of lycra ski mask type thing. You've brought in a beautiful, classic balaclava with you. Honestly, it just so <laughs> happens to be the case that I had my balaclava on me, you know. Just a normal everyday activity for them. And this right? is a traditional... Uh, I, I warn you, if you do put it on, there is a camera there, so yeah, I, you I, may I want to hesitate. Spot that, yeah. You may want to hesitate. Uh, it's, a, it's a proper black... You can see there, are mouth, there is a mouth hole, there are yeah. eye holes. and that, Do you actually wear that out and about in the street? Uh, no, not as a general rule. No. <laughs> when would you use that, Gavin? <laughs> Funnily enough, I did, I did go to the Arctic... Uh, a couple of years ago did and, you it, really? and it was hugely helpful at that stage wow um, I do tend to find though that unless you just wear it around the house you do get some funny looks <laughs> Uh, it can be quite awkward, can't it? <laughs> I feel embarrassed with my pathetic thing now compared to your classic... What were you doing in the Arctic? Oh, I, I went to go and see the effects of climate change. Wow. Yeah. Um, which cannot be undone with a balaclava, it turns No, out. no, it, so, yes, yeah, I, bet, yeah. I, I bet even despite the global yeah. warming, it was still flipping yeah. cold. Yeah, it was very, very chilly, let me tell you. Gavin, thank you very much indeed. Uh, MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, Paul Scoyne, thank you very much. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A41 looking slow heading through the centre of Waddesdon, heading towards Aylesbury. And the A1M southbound struggling through the Stevenage junctions 8 and 7. On the M1 London bound, things are heavy in patches between junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise looking busy between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 
It's 8.15. It's Tuesday the 18th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The MP for Luton South says people will lose faith in Barnfield College unless it moves forward as a report shows it's claimed money for more students than it has evidence for. People across the three counties are being reassured it's unlikely their medical data will be abused when the NHS starts sharing it on a national database. And in sport, Team GB's men's curlers are through to the semi-finals after beating Norway. Oh! 08459 455 555 BBC's Three Counties Radio Every week, Three Counties Sport brings you live commentary on your local team. And this week, we'll bring you three more games tonight. What a goal on the break from Watford! We'll be with Watford as they travel to Yeovil. MK Dons when they host Preston. 2-0 Ben Reeves! Five minutes of the second half played! And we follow Stevenage to Leighton Orient. Stevenage still trying to get it in, and they do eventually! Tonight from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith... Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, I think. I think. Baby blue today. Baby blue with just filthy. a slight stain. Filthy. No, I tell you what, I feel like I was wearing a suit jacket to cover the filth, but then I've noticed there's a big... <laughs> You've got a stain on the suit jacket blood, as well. blood stain there. I don't, look, don't look too closely. It's filthy. You've had an MP in and you've yes. got a stain. Yep. Just oh, by your left move. Oh, God, I didn't see that one. Fair play. Right. Gavin Shook is a good sport, isn't he? He is. Yes, he, he didn't comment on it. No, he didn't comment on that and he's just had a photograph taken in his balaclava. Yes. He's going to regret that in years to come. I was going to say. <laughs> in years to come, that's going to... Uh... It's not a very nice look. <laughs> What's on your show today? Coming up on this morning's big phone-in from nine, is it inhumane to keep people in prison for life? You've seen this story oh, today? yes, yes. Uh, the Court of Appeal will announce today whether or not whole uh, prison terms for some killers are legal. Last year, the European Court of Human Rights ruled that anyone given life in prison, they must have the right to appeal that sentence. Well, the decision by the Court of Appeal, it may affect the length of the sentence the judge can give to the men who were convicted of killing fusilier drummer Lee Rigby. Mm. Very important issue. From nine this morning, I want your views. Is it inhumane to keep people in prison for life? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 459 455 555 is the telephone number, should you wish to uh, give us a call. Lots to talk about this morning. Uh, we the, the Celebrity endorsements of the balaclava. Very, very impressed with that. I don't, we, do, we do need to bring it back. It's a shame that it, we've lost it. We've lost the balaclava. We've lost the beauty of what keeps us warm in the winter. 08459 455 555. Something else you were uh, interested in this morning from the end of March. NHS England are going to start collecting your confidential patient data from your GP surgeries in a scheme called Care.Data. This information will then be shared on a national database, which the NHS say will help with future research and managing illness. Now, it's supposed to be anonymised, but how safe is that? We hear so many stories, don't we, in the papers of the Pentagon being hacked by a, a guy with Asperger's in North London. Uh, Tesco were hacked recently. PlayStation were hacked. All this data, the, the, the WikiLeaks, all of this data is available to people. So how safe will your medical records be? Well, Professor Carsten Maple is an internet security expert at the University of Bedfordshire. Uh, Carsten, th- this data is going to be anonymised. Does that make it completely safe? Well, 
any collection of data always has some risks, and I think that's important for all listeners to understand. Um, when they collect at the point of collection, it's going to have to be non-anonymized, because obviously your GP, for example, will have to know it's you that he's looking at data about. In transit, it may be anonymized, but there's ways that people can actually get the data at the point of collection, and, and that may be a risk for people. We spoke to someone earlier on who used the phrase, it's effectively anonymized. That doesn't fill me with, with much confidence. Well, this is an important thing. I think that there is an opt-out uh, uh, option for, for patients, but I think it's not been communicated clearly, and mm. there have been problems and criticisms about the communication strategy that something that's coming in this year has not given the right information to, to patients to make that decision. Do you think uh, the, the, it should be an opt-in system? It, it feels like, and this is just you know, my opinion, it feels like they're, they're hoping that people won't know exactly what's going on and won't opt out so that they, they get the biggest harvest of numbers. The problem with an opt-in scheme is it, it costs a great deal to get any data that's valuable. That's the real problem. So clearly, from their point of view of wanting to analyze significant data to get, for, for all good reason, you know, it's for, for, for research into disease, um, they need a lot of data. And the, the easiest way to do that is an opt-out. I suppose it, all of our data is available out there in various forms or, or, or other. We, we talked about Tesco being hacked the other week and PlayStation and all of these, 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 these things. Does it really make a difference in the, in the 21st century whether they have, you know, a medical, whether they know that I went to the doctors for a broken arm or not? Well, I think people are sensitive. If you've got a broken arm, it's not so bad, but there have been cases around the world of people having very serious illnesses that they didn't want people to know about and that data being leaked and then being actually blackmailed. So, so the, it, it depends. Your arm, you might not bother. Um, but you, you'll be surprised at how criminals can, can mm. find uses of information. Is there a worry, uh, Carson? Do you think that uh, at some point, we, we don't know exactly who's going to get this data. We're told it's research companies and pharmaceutical companies. But at some point, the, the, they could, the, the government could change the boundaries and th this could, the data could be sold on to uh, insurance companies. And that would be a problem if someone has got depression or AIDS or cancer. That could prevent them from being insured in the future. Well, the, the problem with data is once it's out there, it, it can be um, leaked further because you, you've put it beyond the boundary. So it will already be beyond the, the, the strict control of the GP health centre that you're with. The fact that it's potentially anonymised and it's how that anonymity is preserved is important does lead to problems afterwards. We do know that people start with one intention and then do change so it is quite possible at a later date that there'll be updates to the use of information and that may not be communicated that well. Uh, Carsten, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Professor Carsten Maple, an internet security expert at the University of Bedfordshire. Well, what do you think? Are you worried by this. I'm supposed to be impartial in these things. I will be opting out. I'm, cards on the table, I will be opting out. I'm not suggesting you should do, not suggesting you shouldn't do. I just feel in this conversation it's fair to let you know my position. I will be opting out. I don't particularly want people to be able to work out what I've been to the doctors for, what I've been to hospital for. Not that I think I'm particularly hiding, but 
It's kind of personal. Am I being oversensitive, do you think? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Tony's in Milton Keynes. Tony, what, what do you think? Are you going to opt out? Uh, I'm not really bothered. Oh. But my argument is, or my, my uh, worry is, you say you're going to opt out. Yes. As your caller earlier on, Myrtle, says she has done. How do you know you are opted out? The problem with presumed consent is an insidious method that's been used now for about 40 years because you don't by presuming if you don't do something it's presumed you're, you're, you've agreed with it right so she phoned up her doctors yeah i think she said she spoke to the receptionist and said her and her husband don't want to be uh, on the list and the receptionist said okay i'll deal with it oh how does she know that she has oh that's a very good point. I, I... Like the whole chain of presumed consent yep. drops down by the weakest link. Can I give you a quick example? Please do, Tony. 30 years ago, a long time ago, I had a mortgage with a building society. <laughs> and I was struggling at the time to pay it, but I had a rate, well, a variable rate. So over six months, if it had gone down the base rate, then I obviously could take action and uh, reduce my monthly payments. Yes. Uh, at one time, I needed that reduction and it luckily it had gone down quite a bit so I phoned the building society and said right I'd like to go on the reduce rate now I worked it out to be this and that and they said well you're too late I said too late for what she said for doing it I said no I've just seen the rate and I'm applying for it she said no you 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 consented to going on our new fixed rate system oh so I said when did I consent to that she said we sent you a letter and I said, well, what did the letter say? I said, I didn't sign anything. No, it said, we are going to change your account to a fixed rate, and if we don't hear from you within 14 days, oh. then you'll automatically go on the rate. I said, I didn't receive a letter. She said, it doesn't matter. So that's the, that's the link. That's Anyone? the problem with presumed consent. Tony, thank you very much. I'm just moving on, so I want to get some more voices on. 08459 455555. <laughs> Steve's in Luton. Steve, are you going to be opting out? No, no, it's all for it. Why not? The more information they've got in the hospitals to, to help you out with you, whatever you need, it's there, isn't it? But this information isn't just going to hospitals. It's going to private companies. Well, I suppose there is issues on security of the information, but at the end of the day, if everyone's doing the job properly, and if you have to go somewhere to get get treated, then they need all the information, medical information, to help you. Surely it makes sense. What, what, what? even a pharmaceutical company needs your medical information? Well, no, probably not there. Well, but I that's, that's that. where, well, that's where it's that. going, Steve. And what a surprise. Well, well, it's, Stephen, what a surprise. You've, you've made a comment with only half the facts. That's unusual. <laughs> that's unusual <laughs> for oh, you. Listen, listen. Yes. I'm passionate. Be quiet. <laughs> anyway, listen. Right, on the hospital side of it, yes, not they should have it. All right, not everybody else should have it, no. Well, that's <laughs> happening. The hospital side is a different system that I think right. is already in place or is getting in place soon where hospitals will be able to share data that seems to me common sense this uh, uh, care dot data will be private companies that will be able to see what your problem is no no i I, I I agree with half of it but not the other half steve there we go you see what a surprise steven luton with only half the facts steve thank you very much indeed terrible line so we'll let you go oh eight four five nine four double five five double five Here's the thing is, in 21st century Britain, nothing is safe. No online data, no online record, nothing is safe. Hey, you know um, perverts can turn on your webcam at home. Did you know that? 
They can turn on your webcam on your laptop or your home computer. I'm Whoa. so paranoid about that. Yeah. That I've covered it up. What? My webcam. Oh, okay. There's a little bit of paper over it. Do you? I was going to say. Do you sit there and like put your hand over while you type? Sometimes I am on the. I'm not even going to finish the sentence. Do you use the computer on the toilet? Is that what you're going to say? Sometimes. That is disgusting. But it's you you joke about putting a bit of paper on. Well, you probably do it. But that's what's recommended. Security experts recommend you do that so that they can't. um, They could access your webcam remotely and look in. I am petrified by that fact. Did you not know that? I had no idea. Isn't that weird? It's terrifying. I used, to, I used to want to try and cover up my telly when I was younger, just in case Noel's house oh. party could see me. No, NTV. And go! No! My, I had great trouble explaining to my eldest yesterday. Uh, occasionally I pop up on TV. Uh, and he really cannot understand how he can see me and I can't see him. That's like, what I thought of Jason Donovan on Top of the Pops. I thought I said to my dad. Did he spend? Did he spend an hour? Did Jason Donovan spend an hour explaining to you that there are only cameras pointing one way, and that's why he you could see him, but he couldn't see you. If only. Yeah, you see. I wait four five nine four double five five. I spent an hour. But Daddy, why can't you see me when you're on the TV? Well, because all right, the cameras are pointing at me. The cameras aren't pointing at you. Yeah, but why can't you see me when you're? Oh, for goodness sakes. I had a great day with the boys yesterday. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Roxton, the A1 southbound and the Great Barford Bypass both queuing at the Black Cat roundabout. And the M1 London bound slow between Newport Pagnell Services and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. On the M40 London bound, things also looking slow around Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross and the M25 anti-clockwise struggling between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up to half past eight, I'm Serena Farrell with the headlines. The MP for Luton South says people will lose faith in Barnfield College unless it moves forward. A report shows it's claimed money for more students than it has evidence for. Elsewhere, a body's been found in a river in Leighton Buzzard. Devonshire police won't be drawn on speculation. It might be that of Neil Devlin. He's the local man who went missing on New Year's Day. The Court of Appeal will announce today whether or not whole prison terms for some killers are legal. Well, JVS will be asking, is it inhumane to keep people in prison for life? All that from nine o'clock. And people across the three counties, as we've just been hearing, are raising concerns over NHS plans to collect patient data and then put it on a national database. Many say they're not being properly informed of the project, which involves selling personal information potentially to outside organisations. That's the news. Now let's move to all the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Whoop, whoop, Team GB's men's curlers are through to the semi-finals after beating Norway 6-5 in their playoff match. Norway had taken a strong lead, but David Murdoch's team pulled back. Here's Murdoch, the captain. Well, obviously, we weighed it up as to, you know, what's the chances of stealing the extra? They're usually pretty low against these guys. Um, they usually generally make the tick shot. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a chance to win the game. And uh, we're not scared of going for a big shot to win. And if, uh, if it comes off, then we're through. And laid it nice. Boys called it perfect. And uh, here we go. 
turning to football now. Watford are away to Yeovil in the Championship tonight. Hornets goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain believes his side's on a positive run, therefore have a good chance at the playoffs. We've given ourselves, you know, a, a fighting chance now. As as again, we've always said, the next game is the, is important. You know, every game is very very difficult, and you have to try and um, add to your points total all the time, and that's what we're trying to do. Elsewhere locally, Milton Keynes dons are at home to Preston in League One, and staying in that league, Stevenage are away to Leighton Orient. Finally, the Champions League returns tonight, and one of the most eagerly awaited ties is that of Manchester City hosting Spanish champions Barcelona, and that's in the last 16. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at eight, nine. When? Nine. Yeah. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three County Jean? Radio. Jean? 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 Stevenage? Jean? Jean in Stevenage. Stevenage, Jean. What's your problem? What's your problem, my love? You've come on. You've spoken to Kelly Betts. Uh, you want to talk about your son. You want to talk about Balaclavas. And yet Kelly Betts... What, what's, what's, hang on. What, what, what's the thing? I wasn't really listening, Kelly. Um, you, you can't get hold of her. I may have taken her number down wrong. Oh, so there's me There's me um, giving Jean a right royal rollicking. I know. And it's you that's muffed up. Jean, please, can you call me back? 08459 555555. Thank wowzers. you very much. Absolutely well. And in fact, oh. anyone is, you know, not just Jean, anyone can use that number and call us. OK. Don't um, make it... Don't make it sound like we're desperate on this show. We know we are. They don't need to. Well, we've got Peter and Wilma Green coming up. D- there you go. Fantastic. What do you want to whinge about today? Um, the data. He's upted out. Uh, I bet he has. Oh, I bet he has. 08459 455 555. Lots to talk about in the last 30 minutes of the show. Uh, we're bringing back balaclavas. Um, uh, Gavin Shuka, MP. MP? Yes. I thought I said PM for a second, because that's what confused me. I got the letters the wrong way around. He's been a darn good sport. He's put his uh, balaclava on. There's a picture of that uh, on uh, Twitter, at BBC3CR. He'll live to regret that. Um, Give us your balaclava stories. And also this care.data. Your medical records will be shared. It'll be anonymised, but do you trust that, really? 08459 555 55. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Morning. It wouldn't be a show without your daily whinge. <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily whinge. I laugh a lot. You do laugh a lot. It's always good to talk to you, Peter. What have you got for me today? I just say I opted out just over a week ago. And what they, what they do is they, they type a code into your, your computer notes. So what, did you just go into your surgery and say, no thanks? Yes, indeed. And there was no quibbling, no anything. They just did it automatically. Did you get the leaflet through your door? Yes, I did. Because I don't... I need to have a word with my, with my wife, because I don't remember seeing the leaflet. Well, I, I, I certainly had a leaflet, so... Uh, and when I saw it, uh, I didn't fancy the idea of it. And, uh, Why not? What, what don't you like about it? Well, I don't feel... I, to be honest with you, all these private companies that came into the National Health Service, I don't think they're safe. Uh, the, all the ones not? have been introduced. Yeah, well, why don't you think they're safe? Because I I got a second opinion on uh, on uh, something I had wrong with me, and yeah. I, I went to Moorfields. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it's. Uh, I didn't think they were safe, and and you. Some of these stories we heard were, if you like, 
dangerous to some extent. But you'll always get, you, you know, that's what second opinions are for. If, if you're not quite confident that the doctor's giving you the right advice, you, you go and get a second opinion. I've done it, and uh, w- w- you, that's always going to happen, yeah, whether bits but, are privatised or not. But before, before they've got a chance of passing your information on... Yeah. Uh, my doctor has got a, uh, a code on his on the computer now saying I'm opted out. So that's fine for by me. I trust my doctor. Here's something, Peter. I'm going to throw something at you. We spoke about this on this show a couple of weeks ago, but it's the front page of the Daily Mail. Yeah. Uh, anger at plan to deny treatment if you've had a fair innings. I guess you've had a fair innings, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Too old to get life-saving drugs. Patients who've had a fair innings could be denied life-saving drugs under proposed health reforms. What oh. they're saying is, oh. if you're old and you can't really... Um, you, you won't be much financial benefit to society, <laughs> you might not get certain treatments. Do you know what? I was involved in the gearboxes for the... Uh, the... Thames Barrier. I was involved in gearboxes for Warriorama cars. I've done my bit for society, for I believe, for 49 years. Yes. And if they think I'm a waste of space, because they do, I know that for sure, because I went to a bus that came to a supermarket, yes. an NHS bus, double-decker bus, when I was just 75... And they they I, they took my blood pressure, and they was taking other people upstairs after they did the blood pressure, doing further tests. And he said, "Oh no, you're seventy five. That's as much as we can do for you." Oh, <laughs> oh. So we are written off. That's quite often we're written off. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What do you reckon? We mentioned this a little while ago. The Daily Mail is. Um the Daily Mail's a bit behind us here at BBC Three Counties Radio. They'll be doing Barnfield tomorrow or next week. Too old to get life-saving drugs. Patients who've had a fair innings could be denied life-saving drugs under proposed health reforms. The plans would mean experts taking into account whether there is a wider societal benefit to giving a patient crucial medicines. In other words, will you be able to pay back in one form or another? Will, are you of financial benefit? The NHS rationing body, NICE... Fears the Department of Health proposals could see younger people deemed a higher priority for drug treatments because they have more years ahead of them, potentially contributing more to the economy than the elderly. Doctors, MPs and campaigners last night condemned the plans as barking mad. Well, it happens, doesn't it? 08459 455 555. We called out for Jean to call in, and Jean has called in. Morning, Jean. Good morning. Jean, you heard my call for Jean. Yes. And you've called in. Yes. Now, I believe you wanted to talk to us about your son's balaclava. No. Huh? My what? Your son's balaclava. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh. Well, I, th- d- d- hang- I-, I thought that we wanted to... Hang on a second. Let me go to my um, technical team here. <laughs> Kelly Betts. Hello. You said you wanted Jean to call in... Yes. ...to talk about her son's balaclava. Well, Jean doesn't- Jean's called in and she doesn't know anything about her son's balaclava. Seems to be some sort of confusion in the genes. <laughs> I think we've got our genes mixed up, Jean. Yes. <laughs> Have you uh, got a balaclava? No. Have you got a son? <laughs> I'm sure my son doesn't have a, ba- a balaclava. Well, who knows what he gets out. Would you, do you miss the balaclava, Jean? Do I miss it? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. It's, it, they used to be very, very warm, and because of that pesky yes. IRA, we can't wear them anymore. Oh, right, right. I didn't know that. <laughs> Jean, can I ask you a question while I've got you on the line? Yes. You sound like you've had, and I'm going to put this politely, sounds like you've had a fair innings. Um, pardon? 
So yeah. it sounds like you've had a fair innings. Yes. It says here on the front page of the Daily Mail, you may not get the same uh, medical treatment as someone younger because they might not think you're worth it. Oh, how, a lot. How does that make you feel? I, oh, that makes me feel really angry. Yes. You should do. Yes. Don't get too angry. Very angry. Don't no, don't get too angry, Jean. No, no, no. Come no. down a little bit. Yeah. What have right. you got? What have you got planned for the rest of the day, Jean? What's my plan? Yes. Um, I've got a visitor coming to see me this morning. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know if it's this morning or this afternoon, but someone's uh, coming later on to see you. Yeah. Um, apart from that, nothing. No. Well, you have a lovely day, Jean. You're a good sport. Thank you for calling in. It was the wrong Jean. Who, so what gene do we want? So we'd, we'd like Jean in Stevenage, who's got a son with a balaclava. Okay. Jean, 08459 Can I just say, yeah. when that Jean phoned, yeah. can I just say how sweet she was? Yeah. She went, hello, you called for Jean. How cute is that? Yeah, how wonderful is that? I mean, she was a very good sport. On the subject of uh, perverts being able to hack into your webcams, this is oh. true, they can access your webcams and watch you. Pete's uh, emailed in, Kelly, mm-hmm. and as you said, you use the laptop when you're on the, the toilet. Kids these days, huh? Uh, Pete says, uh, good for you for covering up the webcam while you're on the loo, Kelly. I presume you disabled the microphone too. No, I, I switched that on. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Too old to get life-saving drugs. Seems a little bit unfair, doesn't it? The story goes on. The move will also fuel fears that the elderly are receiving a worse deal from the health service than the young. Cancer charities have already warned that cruel restrictions mean older patients have been denied medical treatment, regardless of a proper assessment of their fitness levels and how likely they could benefit from treatment. What do you think? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. But the big story of the day, the front page of The Sun exclusive ouch and chops off thumb tip with veg slicer let's get ready to fumble there's a picture of uh, Ant McPartlin half of course of Ant and Deck climbing out of the back of a car uh, wound Ant shows bandaged thumb at Telly Studios yesterday Telly's Ant McPartlin lost the tip of his thumb by catching it in a vegetable slicer The Britain's Got Talent host, 38. 38? He's nearly as old as me now. When did that happen? Who, with pal Deck, sang hit Let's Get Ready to Rumble, rushed to hospital with it, but medics could not stitch it back. He said yesterday, God, it was painful! Full story, page five. Full story, page five. Kitchen bungler, Aunt McPart... This is a story... This is the front-page story of Britain's biggest newspaper. Kitchen bungler Ant McPartland told yesterday how he screamed in pain as he tried to slice a potato and ended up chopping the tip of his thumb. The Ant and Deck star 38, who rushed to hospital hoping in vain that medics will be able to stitch it back, said, You like hell? There was a lot of blood! He added, as he turned up at TV studios yesterday with his mangled right thumb bandage, They said they couldn't do it! They'd been left without a tip! Ant, who is right-handed, was left in agony after inviting Deck, 38, round for Sunday dinner. He was using a chef's gadget called a mandoline, which slices vegetables wafer thin. The Britain's got... This, someone has written this. Colin Robinson has decided to sit down and write this... rubbish. 
The Britain's Got Talent host had bought it specially to make Dauphinoise potatoes. To go with a bit of roast lamb, Ant said. I knew that to get the potatoes still enough, I'd need the proper tool. But I had no idea how to use one. On a Saturday night, I decided to practice with it. So I got one potato and gave it a call. It was a complete disaster. Ended up slicing the top of my thumb off. Oh, God, it was painful. What, what part did you play in Biker Grove? Spuggy. Oh, what? Spuggy. Oh, Spuggy. Spuggy. What part did you play in um, Slumdog Millionaire? Slumdog Millionaire? Hello. What? Huh? Slumdog. That's my Geordie accent. Very good. Thank you very much indeed. I've obviously can't this... never met a real Geordie. I haven't. I or would not. A real Indian. I used to know a Geordie uh, person when I was a child. My mum used to, and I didn't used to like her because I couldn't understand what she was saying. Mm. We've been naughty. It was all that. I couldn't get a word of it. I could not get a word of it. You're being naughty, naughty. Hey, hey man, what's going on there? <laughs> seriously, that is my best Geordie accent. You do a better Geordie accent, Kelly Betts. Why, I pet. What? Hello, it's Cheryl Cole here. Just wondering, um, can I borrow those shoes? Sophie, let's hear yours. Hello, Ian Lee. <laughs> That's awful. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'm not saying we're desperate or nothing, but if you want to call in with your Geordie accent, you're more than welcome to. I thought I genuinely thought mine was pretty good. I was doing it thinking it was quite a, a good accent. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Last fifteen minutes of the show. Are you concerned about your data, your medical records being shared? Balaclavas and Geordie accents. We got it all here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 southbound slow going past Mark Yate and in Watford, Wigan Hall Road has queues at the Cardiff Road while there are temporary traffic lights there for roadworks. The A1M southbound slow through the Stevenage Junctions 8 and 7 and the M1 London bound also struggling around Junction 12 for Toddington. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. It's 8.45, it's Tuesday the 18th of February, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The MP for Luton South uh, says there needs to be a simpler structure at Barnfield College after a report shows it's claimed money for more students than it has evidence for. People across the three counties are being reassured it's unlikely their medical data will be abused when the NHS starts sharing it on a national database. And in sport, Team GB's men's curlers are through to the semi-finals at the Winter Olympics. We love a little bit of curling here. Let's get the weather now. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. We've still got some showers around there tracking in from the southwest, but some uh, spells of brightness developing between those showers. Always quite a lot of cloud this morning. I think it will tend to be a brighter afternoon, but you still want to watch out for those showers. They could turn quite sharp in places, and we could even get some hail and some thunder. So all in all, yes, some showers around, some brighter spells, particularly later on. And if you do find a nice bright and sunny spell, it'll feel quite spring-like because the winds are fairly light and it's quite mild as well. We're starting off the day in around 
7 or 8 degrees will eventually be up to 10 or even 11 degrees by the afternoon 52 in Fahrenheit. For this evening and overnight the showers fading away and we'll see a mostly dry night to follow but a weak weather front just pushing in from the west into tomorrow morning will give us a few outbreaks of drizzle here and there some rather cloudy conditions but I think tomorrow should be dry if you're out and about for half term it should stay dry and a gradual improvement through the day with some good spells of brightness and sunshine a bit later on still mild that's the way it will stay for most of the rest of the week although it will turn a little bit wetter a little bit windy in places on Thursday that's the forecast can you do a Geordie accent Elizabeth no Oh, that sounded Welsh, didn't it? That was you actually trying it, wasn't it? I've got a Geordie friend, yeah, and she's. Can no. can they do a Geordie accent? She can she? Yeah. Why, hey, ma'am, what's going on with weather, Elizabeth? It's looking really good out there. I'm just rubbish. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're not rubbish, Elizabeth. We love you. Roberto Peroni. We'll talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, was, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a doughboard suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Here we go. Days from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. Thank you to Catherine, who's posted a picture uh, that her son, um, uh, age seven, has made. It's a picture of some Lego men curling. It's brilliant! And I hate Lego. I hate Lego with a passion. I despise it. Um, I've never got, got to grips with Lego. But it's a brilliant picture. Thank you for that. There we go. Superb work. Uh, Anne is in St Albans. Morning, Anne. Hiya. How you doing? Hey, up. Hey, I'm re- I'm re- grand love. What? What? You just moved county. Sorry. You just moved county. That's not Geordie. Is it? Are you a proper Geordie, Anne? Yes, I am. You, well, luckily you've managed to shake off that accent. Yeah, but somebody else hasn't. Hang on a sec. Oh, uh, why are you, lad? Hello, Mara. Sorry. Hello, Mara. In, in, in English, please, sir. Hello, mate. Oh, hello. Who's this? I'm Anne's husband. Uh, is it? What, and what's your name, sir? I'm Peter. Ah, there we go. I'm Peter. I'm Peter. And I'm, and I'm a born and broad Geordie. Again, you've managed to shake off some... How long have you been down here in the... Oh, 40 years. OK, well, you've, you've managed to shake off some of the accent, the really hard edge yeah. bit that, that but, is a little bit annoying. But as I often say, if you're going to do it, do it properly, or don't do it out. And what does that mean? If you're going to do it, to do it properly, or don't do it at all. <laughs> I, well, I used to go up to Newcastle on the train. The minute I got off the train in Newcastle, yeah. you turn the accent back on. It all comes out. Give me some tips, Peter, on how to do the accent, because I, re- I really thought I was having a good uh, stab at it earlier. It, it's very, very much... I mean, the northeast accent, the Geordie accent, is very much a regional thing. And it changes round the northeast from Sunderland to Newcastle to Middlesbrough to wherever. And it's it 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 it's very, very broad. As I used to say to some people who used to say if you're gonna tap the mic deer properly or didn't need it out or as a guy said one night, I said, Do you know what Gannon means? He says, I had some left for me tea last night. I said, no. I said, you thought I meant gammon. Yes, yes. I said, gannon. That's gannon doing the road, gannon along the Scotswood road, or gannon on the beer. I'm getting about every fifth word. Yeah, well, there you are, you see. It's, it's, you'd have to go up and stay there for a while. Oh, God, no. To pick it up. I, 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 I couldn't do that. 
You could do a radio show from up there. Oh no, don't give them idea. You did, you did, you did in there with your ticket book. <laughs> you, 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 you're getting there. You're getting there. Tell her to stop cackling. She's, the reason she's laughing is because I sound like a younger version of you when I do that accent, and it's making her feel all fruity. Go. You didn't know what you're attacking about, lad. Attacking about, man. <laughs> and then, Peter, you're very good sports. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Benjamin's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Benjamin. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What have you got for me? Uh, well, I'm not actually from Newcastle, but I'm from Teesside. Um, uh, we're called Smug Monsters, but to be f- your uh, Newcastle accent sounds horrific. You're called <laughs> a smoke... Than... What are you going on? You're called a smoke monster? Yeah. What, what does that mean, man? Um, it's because of all the old industry and pollution and all the nastiness. Why, well, yeah, that, that didn't sound any good, man. It ain't any good at all. That, uh, uh, re, that sound re proper bad, laddie. <laughs> That's Scottish. It's not. I'm doing it really well. Give me some tips, then, yeah, Benjamin. You're doing it horrifically well. Um, you've got to uh, no, change not... Can you say uh, Newcastle properly? Newcastle? A Pontine? Nearly there. I'll have a bottle of Newcastle Brown, a Pontine. Is that not it? It's so dreadful. You're kind of a mixture between Scottish and Indian. Oh, Benjamin, what are people phoning up to? All right, well, you do a proper accent then. You do a a southern accent. Uh, I can't. I, I can nearly get um, received, so that's about it. And even that's quite dreadful. It's not very radio four at all. Let's hear it. Come on. Um, give me something to say then, and I'll try. I'd like a cup of tea, Mrs. Brown. Uh, good morning, Mrs. Brown. Could I have a cup of tea, please? <laughs> you sound American. It's, it's better than um, some accents that it could be. It could be I'll, sort of Jeremy Kyle Chaff. So. Away, away with you, laddie Benjamin. You didn't need nothing about the accents, man. Not bad, is it, Just? Why, I man. Well, there you go, you see. Why, I man. I can't believe people are phoning up and abusing me. Oh, I thought your accent was wonderful. For are once, you, you got it spot on. Are you near a waterfall or something? Uh, yes, it's raining outside. Uh, um, yes, you in your nice warm studio. It's absolutely chucking it down this morning. It's horrible. Yes. Now, listen, balaclavas. Mm. You said I wouldn't find any balaclava wearers. We spoke to Maria earlier on who makes them. Yep. And we had a celebrity endorsement. MP Gavin Shuka came in <laughs> with a balaclava. <laughs> He had a picture taken. Oh, He's going to regret that. Do you know what? When I saw that photograph being taken, I thought, oh, Gavin, you silly boy. Oh, he's a good sport. He's a very, very nice gentleman. And mm. he, 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 he's made, possibly made the biggest mistake of his career. <laughs> but yeah, you've been out and about talking to people, haven't you, about yes, this? Yes, I mean, earlier on you accused me of uh, biased BBC reporting because uh, nobody agreed that uh, we should be bringing the balaclava back because they are terrifying things. So, Ian, I've been back out onto the streets for you in the last 30 minutes to see people do want want to see more balaclavas out there here's what happened it's horrible Uh, it's scary he looks like a burglar i don't think he should be personally i don't think anybody should be wearing them covering their face up because for all you know troublemakers could be wearing them and you know nobody will know who they are the same with a hat when you go into a club you're not allowed to wear a hat because you're just covering your face what do you think sir would you wear one of those oh no no i won't know why he just looks dodgy in he looks dodgy in it yep would you mess with him? I'll take him out, yeah. You would? I'll take him out, yeah. Paul, there's Ian in his balaclava. Uh, yeah. Now, when you was a kid, you used to wear a balaclava. Yeah. Ian wants to bring them back. Do you think they're out of place in today's society? Well, I think so, yeah. Because, as I said, it's, 
We don't know who it is, really, you yeah. know. In saying that, though, when you were younger, oh, I bet yeah. they kept you nice and warm, didn't they? Oh, they kept you nice and warm, yes, definitely, to keep you warm, all right. But the damn days, you didn't have much trouble at the damn days, as you do now, mm. you know. Ladies, good morning. I've been accused of uh, bias reporting today. So I'm just going to put this in front of you. There is a picture of Ian Lee wearing his balaclava. Tell me your thoughts. Strange, isn't it? And uh, lastly, what about yourself? What, what do you think? A frightening. Well, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with this, Justin. But the mm. fella said he's going to take me out. What, on a romantic <laughs> date or something? Well, well, the thing is, you know, if you're going to go around wearing a balaclava, you're asking for trouble. You are. Because they look ridiculous. They, they, they look menacing. So somebody might be aggressive towards you simply because you're wearing a balaclava. Why do they look menacing? They just look scary because a lot of people would associate somebody wearing a balaclava with, uh, with an armed robber, for argument's sake, or somebody who's hiding something on purpose. You with me? All right, I'm going to go there. I wasn't sure whether to go there or morning. I'm going to go there. Yeah, go okay. On. I know where you're going, but I'm, I'm, and I'm going to go there. Yep. I've been hesitating. I'm going to go there. Okay. Yep. Why is it that I can't wear a balaclava that just shows my eyes? Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, I'm going there. Go on. There are some people of some religious faiths who can wear the the, the full face veil. Yep. There, there's no difference. No. And I I'm not afraid of those people. I don't think that they're hiding anything. I r- realise that that's what they want to do. Why can't I do the same thing, Just? The thing is, though, Ian. You know, when I've been out into the streets talking about this before, people have come up with the same answers. Again, a lot of people that I've spoken to, and again, just in my experience of reporting on that issue you're talking yep. about, a lot of people would say exactly the same that they feel like somebody is hiding something. Yes, it may be a religious belief. But a lot of people would still believe that you know if you're going out in public, you sh- you should be showing your face. I don't necessarily buy into that. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't practically walk around, unless it was really, really cold, mm. I wouldn't walk around in public with a balaclava because there are people who think that. I certainly yeah. certainly wouldn't wear one coming into work at night. No, but it's the same for, for people who, who ride motorbikes. If they go into a petrol station, a lot of them, when they go in to pay, they must take their helmet off when they pay for their fuel, for yep. security reasons. So it's the same for that as well. Justin, excellent stuff. Speak to you tomorrow. Rob's in Luton. Morning, Rob. Oh, hi there. You're talking about some balaclavas. I don't think you're talking about balaclavas, because you're saying you just see the eyes and the mouth. Is that right? Yeah, that's a balaclava, isn't it? No, that's a ski mask. Oh, so what's a balaclava, then? A balaclava is where you show your full face. Well, the, the one, well see, the thing I've got oh, here, yeah. this kind of lycra thing. It's not wool. It needs to be wool. This one, you can... I can narrow it so you can just see my eyes, or I can widen it so you can see my full face. Gavin Shuka, MP, was had a woolen one that had um, just eye holes and a mouth hole. And you're saying that's not a balaclava? No. Oh. I mean, when we used to go to school and all the kids used to wear the balaclavas, you just used to see their... You used to see their full face. It was a knitted thing. They used to have a little peak, didn't they? But it showed their full face. They used to have a little peak, didn't they, the, 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 the old it, ones? Yeah, the balaclava helmets. Yeah. No, it's just the eyes and the mouth. That's a schema. That's what all the villains wear. I, d- I do miss seeing children running around with balaclavas on. There was something uh, just so charming about it. Well, that's right. Well, that's what they were. They were the ones that showed oh. their full face. Would you ever wear one now, Rob? <laughs> you see what you see what the what the what the terror the terrorists have won. Rob, listen, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Sorry, Kelly Betts. What, what are you uh, banging on about? I can't believe it about Jean. Sorry. Oh, did she not call in? No. Well, no, I can't. I, I think her uh, number's engaged. No, I can't believe that you wrote down her number incorrectly. In fact, I've recently discovered that I wrote it down correctly, but ah. she's engaged. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. 
Well, I wish her and her future husband the very best of luck. Congratulations, Jean. Well done, Jean. Congratulations. Sophie, thank you for stepping in. Is she back tomorrow? Who knows? When it comes to Catherine Boyle, a.k.a. Sick Note, who knows? Don't know. Or just have to, have to wait and see what happens. That's it. That's your lot. I'm done. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Watford, things looking heavy on the Pinner Road towards the centre of town around Bushy Arches. And the A1M southbound slows through the Stevenage Junctions 8 and 7. On the A10, um, speed sensors, things really struggling in both directions as you pass Chesant. And the M25 anti-clockwise slow between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Excellent work this morning. Thank you to everyone who took part uh, in the show this morning. Lots of phone calls. That's the way we like it. Don't forget, you can download the best of podcasts. There are four available online by going to the 3CR website. I'll be going to iTunes and typing in Ian Lee BBC. JBS is up next. Until tomorrow at six from me, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Is it inhumane to keep people in prison for life? 